This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome to another Tuesday night. This is Future Stars Now. My name is Mike Freeland. I am joined by my follically challenged friend, The Rit. Yes. Again. Again, yes. Uh, we got a great show for you guys tonight. Uh, we have Encore, who's going to be here in the 8 o'clock hour. Then we have a great guest in the 9 o'clock hour. So much to talk about here. But, uh, man, we're really excited about tonight's guest because, you know, you ever go to a concert and the band goes and plays and then all of a sudden people want you to come. They want them to come back out, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like we want him to come back out the second time. So it looks like this whole... Sherrod. Sherrod? Sherrod? Where do you live? Charade. Oh my God. Sherrod. What is that? A car from the 70s? Hey, hey. Yeah. We definitely want this man to come back out because he was already out here once and yeah, we had technical difficulties, folks. Yeah, it's all right. It happens. But look, let's go ahead and let's bring him out right now. This is Encore. And this is your Encore. Um, What's up, guys? It is so like good to see you way. again. Yeah. Again, yeah. there we go. See, that's why I gotta get an encore presentation of the broadcast, you know. <laughs> so joining us this evening is Encore, a uh, great rising star in the indie scene right now, and he can be seen at PPW. They recently had their big event called Aerial Assault. Um, encore, let me just kind of ask you right now. I mean, it was a huge show. Uh, so what was your take on the whole show and, and how everything felt with the crowd and the responses you guys got? Well, the show itself was just packed with a great amount of matches and just being in the tournament semifinals of their uh, vacant world title was just a huge, big factor for me. Um, the atmosphere was great. Crowd, the fans giving a lot of energy and that's what I'm about. This energy high entertainment it was just amazing um and it's just exciting to say that it's only the beginning you know so and that's where i met right there so i can see that a lot of big opportunities are going to happen there pbw not, not not only just their encore man have you watched your matches because i've watched yeah. them i've watched <laughs> them and and i freeland i went and told him when we were having a little you know quick little talk and I'm like, man, I said, I, we've got to get you on this podcast because a year from now, you might, I might not be able to talk to you because you might be signed somewhere because you're not going to last very long. On I'm going six months, <laughs> a year right now. No. And and I think that's the big thing, all joking aside, is because we are in, in such a unique uh, phase of wrestling right now. When companies see somebody who's got the it factor, they're going to they're going to get them really quickly. Um, and I think you are one of those individuals. I mean, I'm not trying to blow smoke or anything like that. But I, I think that people can understand that when somebody loves something as much as you do and how talented you are, that your your future is going to be rising very, very quickly and a lot of decisions are going to have to be made very, very soon. Yeah. Um, so thinking and hearing that a lot is really what gets me going and really keeps the motivation. And honestly, it's I, I'm not even taking it as blowing up smoke. It's just me of me like staying ready for that opportunity because I've seen it happen with my closest, closest, like uh, 
trainees uh, come from the same school. Like I've seen private party design, you know, I've seen main event get on their opportunity of AEW Dark. So seeing how quickly those opportunities do come, I just know that I just have to stay ready for anything and just keep it going. And this idea is staying ready. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it all stems from, you know, a great trainer. You know, you're yes. trained by you're trained by Amazing Red. You know, yes. well, tell everybody what, what that's what that's like. The, you know, arguably one of the greatest high flyers of all time. The man creates moves on the fly. You know. Well, I can tell you off the jump, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy training with him because you know it's it's the way that you have to like not even fill those shoes, but just owning up to that name that you're trained by him, it really goes a long way. You know, just his in-ring style, you know, it's just the way he carries himself. It's a real big deal. And having that responsibility or having that um, that title of being trained under a guy like Amazing Red, who I adore, who I still to this day asks him everything that I could possibly do to how to get an ounce there, you know? So it's a big, big shout outs to him. He's really the reason for creating like Encore, you know, thinking of in depth of how I want to wrestle or how I want to be perceived, you know, movement wise in the ring flow. Like my, st I found my style and myself because of Amazing Red, you know, mixing in my personality and his in-ring style with my athletic background, it just creates something that only a big thanks to him again. You know? Speaking of amazing red and being athletic and you having your athletic background and whatnot, what are some things that you did from an athletic standpoint prior to pro wrestling? Because we found out that a lot of guys who get into pro wrestling um, were very active in, in other areas, um, in their youth and their young adult life before they got into wrestling. So kind of take us back. What are some things that you did that you feel like translates well, as far as conditioning and as far as strength and whatnot with what you do in the ring? So I've done peewee football with, uh, youth, uh, seven-year-old football, uh, transitioned that into high school track and field and just like two years now it's like i've been into bodybuilding so the strength um weight training and also track and field is what helped my endurance and my agility some would say would come from the football aspect so i kind of hit different angles of, of uh, athlete as far as agility strength speed so i do have that type of like background that i can always relate to when transitioning that into the ring which would probably be a, a reason why I was able to pick up, you know, his style a lot quickly because I found a way to transition it from the background, you know? So that really helped a lot. So when it comes to obviously getting into pro wrestling, it's usually something that we've heard from people in the past, not necessarily everybody, but it's something that they watched when they were growing up or either their dad or, you know, they would watch it with grandparents or brother, sister, or whomever. Was there anybody that you actually watched it with um, or who introduced you to it? Or was this something that you kind of picked up a little bit later on? So it, it was introduced to me by my bigger brother. Um, this was back, I had to have been about 
maybe five years old and he was watching it. And I remember going into the room to bother him of something. And then I just looked at the TV and then I will not forget this, the first person that I saw was Triple H. You know, he had this feud with Kane. Um, and I just seen this big muscular dude just walking around just beating people up. And I'm like, wow, what is this? And then he started telling me that this is wrestling, you know, and this, that, and the third. And then weeks after weeks, I would just walk in the same day, Thursdays. It was when it was Thursday Night Smackdown, I remember that. Yep. And it was Thursday Night Smackdown, and we would just go in his room and we'd just watch it. And growing up, I just found my, like, person that I just love to watch. And that happened to be The Rock, you know, just watching The Rock and then Triple H. It was just a whole whole demographic. And then it just like got a part of me, started buying the toys, started getting the video games, and it really just became a huge part of growing up, you know, and it's because of him. My family wasn't really into it. It was really just my brother and me just watching wrestling. They actually hated it. <laughs> do, do you still find yourself watching wrestling today? Yes. So I was just watching SummerSlam last night, always. So I'm still watching the product. Um, not as much as I was when I was growing up, but but it's only because I'm like still, you know, taking the time to like train, focus, just get there. You know, I will still, you know, see what's going on. The I'll pick up on the replays. I won't be able to watch it live, but I will watch it on the replays and the reprogramming the highlights because at the end of the day, I'm still focused to get to that level, you know. I've got to ask Encore, what was your thoughts if you've seen AEW Rampage, CM Punk coming back after seven years, what, so, what were your what were your thoughts on you know the the song, seeing him come out, the the promo? So that entire first of all, that had to have been the loudest I've ever heard a crowd in a long time. Probably back when the Rock had came back the first time, mm-hmm. but it was loud. And one thing that I love is the crowd. The crowd for me is what makes this business. And when I heard them and continuously from start of the music to the drop of the microphone when he left, that level of the crowd was just amazing. His entrance, the the way that the fans still was loyal to him. They adored him and shows why so the reason why we do this, you know, is for them and coming out and I can imagine how he felt just thousands, thousands of people just chanting his name. And when I saw it, it was just, it was just like mind blowing to me. Like, wow. That was like my, like my, I was speechless. And I said, wow. And that is a star. Seven years till this day, they was chanting his name and he finally came back out and just still getting that same level of emotion, same level of respect, same welcome. It was just, it touched here. <laughs> I felt it. I felt it. Let me ask you this, Encore. Um, you know, wrestling is such a unique industry to be in because it's so multifaceted. Um, the the performance standpoint the wrestling itself the moves the the all of that the physicality that goes into it but then you know as we talk about people like cm punk there's another side of it It, it's the microphone it's the personality it's the 
connection to the audience. It's the way you carry yourself. It's the body language. Um, would you say, you know, that is a completely different animal all into itself is, hey, I can get in there and I can wrestle. Because Jerry Lynn, for example, would would say, Mike, I could get in there and wrestle because that's what I knew. But he said, I was a fairly shy guy. He goes, I, I just I just was. You know, I was one of those guys who would say hi to people but not really talk. But then to grab a microphone and to do these different things, it really starts to stretch you out of your comfort zone if you're a quiet guy. So what's your thoughts on how that kind of evolves? How do you somehow become comfortable with being on the mic and the personality and the persona behind a character? I think it goes a long way, and it's what the business needs because you need to be able to give a reason to why you need not only the loyal audience, but the new casual watchers who are just flicking the channel. And just like, for example, Rick, your, your son who's first wrestling show, you gotta find that reason to wanting them to come back for more. And if you're able to speak and you're able to have a charisma, a character, a, like a way to connect with them, then that's what's what separates you from a lot of the wrestlers who can, don't get me wrong, a lot of the moves, they're great to watch, but the moves is just just like a, a piece of it. That mm -hmm. microphone, that image, that talking, that promoting your match, that promoting that pay-per-view, that big match you want people to see is what will make you as a whole, like it probably would level out the wrestling moves a lot more, in my opinion. So that goes a long way. You need to have that. And that's one thing that Red did teach us is promos, character is always going to outweigh the moves, you know. And and definitely it shows with you. As soon as that, you know, first little beat of that song hits, you're, you're out there. <laughs> the crowd was in with you 110%. You know that your your body motion, yeah. your your you know attitude, uh, the interaction that, that you gave them, you know they they wanted more, and you know unfortunately they didn't get it. Bro Keller, you know came came away with the victory, but you know that that doesn't doesn't end for you there, you know. So there's wins and losses in this business. There's wins and losses. Uh, I know that. I'm not gonna win them all. Not, I'm definitely not going to lose them all, <laughs> but it's just, it's wins and losses in this, and it's about how you're going to bounce back, you know, what's next, you know, um, going forward, and yes, the entrance is one thing, my favorite part of wrestling, entrance, if you have a great entrance, I'm there, I'm ready to watch, I want to see what's next, so that's the vibe, that's the energy that I want to bring um, especially with my personality and my style, just more modern way of bringing it back to the business of just entrance alone, you know. For example, last night when Edge had the, the brood entrance, that entrance was just, whoa. From that alone, it's just like, oh, hey, we got a mask to go with this? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm invested. <laughs> so entrance goes a long way, and that's something I always wanted to make, like, like the, the one of the most talked about things about Myself was just entrance, entertainment aspect of it, followed up with some good wrestling. That's it. Yeah. 
When it comes to the promotion itself, PPW, I know they're doing great things. And obviously, you know, we had the guys on and they were giving us some ideas on things that they are going to be doing in the future with the promotion. And it seems like it's it's going to be just going just like this, right to the stars. It's got to feel good working for promotion that, you know, they support you so much and they they tell you guys, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, put you guys on, on the map as much as we can. It's got to feel good when management gets behind you and really wants to make sure that you get uh, highlighted and make sure a, a large audience gets to know who you are. It does. And that's one thing I do love about companies like PBW, especially with them. They're always looking to see how we can be better from the last show. You know, they're always working on improvements. You know, Aerial Assault was a great show, um, followed by another great show, which was Let It Roll. And it was just here, 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 and here. And that was when I first when I first got there, that's what I noticed is that every show, it was just topping, topping the next one, topping the next one. And that's something that I would love, I love to be a part of and just open to working with like a company like that of what I can just, how I can fit into this level of just like, just improvements. Now, how do you, that's just how do you, I love it, you know? How do you feel like you develop a repertoire, um, meaning like, okay, this is going to be one of my moves, or I'm going to have this in my set of moves, you know, whether you have like, you know, 10 things that you like to, to do or whatever. How do you put together um, on your personal basis, okay, this is going to be what I do. This is These are some signature things that people are going to know that I do. How, how have you come to that determination? I like to look at the moves that, you know, how do I explain it? So not really to show offy, but more of showing my athleticism, flashiness. So when you look at the last entertainer, it's not only the entrance, but as far as my wrestling too, I need my moves to be entertaining as well as my entrance. My wrestling has to fit who I am, you know? I'm not going to be going around and tombstoning people and chokeslamming them, no. But you are going to get somebody who, you know, those, those little dance moves in his moves, you know, and it's still it's hard hitting. Um, try to make my own way, just see what I can do and what I do well and just really just come up with that where I can just use my athleticism as a strength, like my jumping, you know, it's it's really like, it's really tough. I'm still developing, still it added more things to my repertoire, but more of an athletic, flashy style is where I would like to go at. I've noticed that, you know, when I, when I watch wrestling, kind of like what you were saying before, there's there's certain people that you look at and that you, I don't necessarily want to say emulate, but you want to take some aspects of what they do. A guy that I have had a tremendous amount of respect for because of this individual's athleticism, their showmanship, the way they carry themselves, is the Pope. Um, it can be a high flyer, can be a heavyweight, but just that smooth delivery when he speaks and you feel the confidence, yet he has the, the wardrobe that says it too. It's just, and I think it's what you talked about earlier, it's that whole package it's the way you put all of these elements together that make up the body of work that you are. Um, is there anybody currently in the game right now that you 
you like to watch or you say, you know what, I like an element of what they're doing? Anybody that comes to mind or off the top of your head? So right now, who's currently wrestling right now? Correct. Or just... Well, I tell so you I what. I like it, Pac. Okay. I like, I like Pac's, um, his, his delivery of the movie. The way he does moves, his delivery of it. Um, not necessarily the flips and the high flying thing. Um, he's he's a different animal, but just the way he delivers his moves. Um, when I look at other guys, you know, that was there before, love The Rock. You know, The Rock was more of a showman with the way he wrestles. Um, guys like Road Dog, you know, um, also obviously my trainer, the Amazing Red. The way his his athletic, his quickness was there. So I take pieces of the guys that I would love to watch in their style, and I just try to just add in my athleticism, my flow, my stops with, and just come up with something of a little bit of everything to it, you know. Also a guy like Cena, you know, he's he's just great at what he does, you know. He's just the way he connects with the crowd. So I just love that. But those guys, I take a little piece of it. So when you were talking about Amazing Red, which I'm trying to remember, gosh, we've had so many different people on the show before, but when Red um, threw out this idea about the Canadian Destroyer, do you remember when uh, we were talking about that, Rit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he just kind of threw that out. I think he was in the backseat of a car, and he just kind of started to say, hey, what what are we going to do here? And it, like Rit said earlier on, he has been the innovator of so many unique things moves and it's got to be great to work with somebody like that who has just a brain and a mind that just works on a completely different level that like gets really into it um what was your first what was your first day like when you were with red was there anything that he said right off the bat that kind of struck you you gotta have heart i remember that when i first arrived um i was in a tough spot where I was the one of the newer guys there, and the other guys before me were already doing shows, you know. So, me, I had to pick up a lot. So, the training that they were doing were the things that I needed to be ready to do, or I had to go on the side and just kind of wait it out and do just the basic roles. But seeing the drills that the guys were doing that are already doing the shows and putting on matches. I wanted that training. I love the fact that I had to push myself to keep up. And something that I'm going through now is like, I want to be able to keep up with the guys that I'm in the ring with, like the Bro Kellers, who's had years of experience, the Deshaun Press, who I was just in a match with, just years of experience, and I need to keep up. And that's what I feel like pushes me to really just pick up things quickly. So the first day when I was with Red and the training that he was just going through, I was like, Yes, I can do it. He would ask me many times, can you do this? Are you able to do this? Yes. And all he had to do was just show me once or twice if I did mess up. And I would just be coachable and just pick it up and just be able to keep up with the guys. Well, what would your thoughts be if a booker sit there and said, hey, Encore, hey, uh, are, are you busy with such and such show? You know, I'd love to book you. And uh, your opponent's going to be amazing red. Like, what would go through your head, like, from that point all the way until the curtain? Uh, I would just 
like right now, I would just be feeling like I'm in a match with my trainer. <laughs> it's one of the matches that I always wanted to do as far as like um, my career. Um, and just, I would just, you know, keep everything, just soak everything in and just use everything that he's been teaching us. Just, you know, use everything that we know as far as like working out, being conditioned, prepared for this match and just most importantly, just staying ready. You know, and I believe that when that day does come, when I'm put up against my training of Raising Red, I would just have to stay ready. When it comes to, you know, you had mentioned before watching wrestling on Thursday nights um, with your brother, was there any other wrestling that maybe after that you kind of went into and started to experience? Like, did you ever take a look at the old uh, WCW stuff? Did you ever look at any of the ECW stuff? Um or was that kind of like, eh, that's okay, but I'm more focused on the WWE version of, of the wrestling? It had to have been... That invasion angle happened, and mm -hmm. they talked about, you know, WCW and ECW. And I always thought to myself as a kid, I'm like, what is that? Is WCW, ECW? Then I started doing research, you know, and just, I was so curious. I was like, wait a minute, what is this? Then I found WCW, saw Booker T, saw that Hogan was there. And I saw that a lot of the guys that were at WWE were there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is happening? Is that possible? <laughs> is that even legal? <laughs> it was WCW and then ECW, the same thing, seeing that the Dudley boys came from there. And I'm like, wait, there are, there's a whole different like universe of wrestling that I've never heard of yet before. And then seeing that, and then that's what got me into finding out more what's going on besides WWE. Then came across TNA, came across New Japan. Then, then I started expanding and seeing what was out there and really getting a touch of life and business outside of the WWE and how they were different, you know, and it was good. It was, it's great to, but definitely WCW was the first company that I've came across outside of the. So, so, uh, you, you go from watching wrestling, then what made you get the itch? And then, you know, what was your thought process of, okay, I want to do this, to, okay, I got to find a school. So it was one day I was watching a program they had. It was, it was called Battleground, where mm -hmm. they would show the, the work, the training of getting to that professional level. And I was just sitting and I was just watching them, seeing the workout they would go through. And me, I'm thinking, I can do that. That looks, that looks pretty good. I can do that. That's the basic. I've seen, I've seen the football workout that I used to do, the track workout. So I said, wait a minute. I can definitely do this. Wait a minute. Is that what it takes to get to, to the E? And then I saw, you know, familiar faces. And, and I just, it just hit a light bulb in my head. And I just wanted to say, wait a minute. How would? I was curious. If I was to be a wrestler, what would I have to do? So I did my little research again um, and saw that I needed to just find a school. And it's okay, let's look up 
Mirrors Pro Wrestling School in my area. Um, two schools came up. There was one in Long Island. I believe it was uh, Creator Pro, mm-hmm. right? And then another one, uh, South of Glory, which is right here in Brooklyn, New York. Um, did deeper research on the two trainers. Uh, so I looked up um, the trainer of Creator Pro. I believe that was Zach Ryder's mm-hmm. school. So I saw Zach Ryder and instantly knew, oh, it's a WWE guy. You know, should know what they're doing over there. Um, at one point, I was already sold on going over there because of the name, the the WWE, you know, guy that was there. But another side of me told me, Wait a minute, I'm just curious, you know, the curiosity again, who's the trainer here? So Amazing Red, you know. At this time, this was the first time I've heard of Amazing Red because he was so underground, you know, and me, I was mainstream at the time. And then Amazing Red, you know, kid from Brooklyn, um, looked at his passion, Mikey Whipwreck, uh, and then, you know, the Mick Foley's. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's a family tree mm-hmm. going on here. And then that was interesting, seeing Whipwreck, Mick Foley. And I'm like, wait a minute. Something's telling me, like, this is a tree that I should go under. And then that's why I looked up Amazing Red's clips, highlight clips. Because I already knew how Zack Ryder was in the ring performance-wise, right? So I looked up Amazing Red's clips. <sighs> That was when I was blown away. I'm like, wait a minute, this guy is doing flips, his movements, his footing, his speed, everything that he did in the ring was just so smooth. Reminded me of the Eddie Guerrero style, but more of modern. And it was just so different. The Canadian Destroyers, the Code Reds, and the the Poison Ronas. I'm like, wait a minute, this is something I've never really seen. Because you don't really see that type of wrestling in WWE TV. That's what I said. With my athleticism, I'm gonna go to Hog, House of Glory, and then that's when I made my choice to go there and met Red. I think that's an awesome point that you bring up, and and it's so eloquently made as well. Is that when you're looking for a school, you know, I love the fact that you brought up the lineage of the school, and and I love the example use of the family tree, where you can basically see what different branches where different people kind of came into the mix and and how you're becoming part of this family now. And I think that's so awesome because I don't know if a lot of wrestlers look at it from that perspective, but to look at the lineage of something, okay, this person's tied to this person, man. So once you get into that family, all of these avenues are open to you to say, hey, look, you are a descendant of this person. You are a descendant of this person. You guys all know each other. What do you think about this? And I think... I don't know. It's just, it's such a great way. And I love the way you put that as far as making a determination on where you wanted to go, but not only where you wanted to go, but why as well. So I give you kudos on that because that is, um, that's something that's really cool to see with a lot of young guys. Yeah. There's definitely the reason why, you know, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad I made that choice. You know, something told me just, do that research. Just my curiosity is always kicking in, and I always go by my gut feeling. My curiosity is, is something that always could come of it. And and Freeland, uh, 
when I was backstage with with Mikey's grandkids, as they say, you know, I, I got to take a picture of them all together. Well, one wasn't there for one picture, and then the other one was there, and that one wasn't there. But they, it was, they were all <laughs> it, 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 it was chaos trying to get like what twelve people in one yeah, picture. And uh, I sent that to Mikey. And Encore, did, did I get the? I let you read the text message, didn't I? I read, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. And and it was, it was it was something that like that hit home for Mikey, and that brought his day up like tenfold. How you know, he's never met none of these kids, but they all understand, you know, the lineage with Amazing Red, and then Mikey, and then Mick Foley. And they all respect this man. That's why, like, when I told you uh, once the pre-show was over and I called you, and I'm like, this is easy peasy. Man, these guys, as soon as they know I'm affiliated with Mikey, what do we need to do? Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and I tell Mikey this, and I'm like, Mikey, you have no idea how much respect you got from people that you've never even met. I mean, think about this, though. I mean, conversations that we've had with um, Alex Reynolds, Brian Myers, Matt Cardona. I mean, all these guys come on because they've been with Mikey. And it's so interesting to know that not only did you train somebody and they became a huge success, but the fact that they then wanted to be a teacher themselves you know what I mean? Because not everybody wants to be a teacher, but the fact that they want to continue the family name, the family history and become a teacher at some point. Uh, I know this is so, so early in your career and this is 30 years way down the road from asking, but would you ever consider um, when you decide to stop, would you become a teacher as well? I would. Um, it's, it's really, it goes a long way of one, following, keeping that family tree going, you know, and also just spreading different knowledge, you know. <clears throat> one one thing that Red did uh, mention to us was Mikey's teaching was different than his teaching. <laughs> so he would um, he would kind of joke about it. He would say, oh, we would have survived Mikey's teaching because, you know, it was so, like, tough on Red, so hard on Red. But look what it created. It created... An, um, like an underground king and created a legend like Red. And I feel like getting, using Red's teaching combined with what uh, I know and how I would also teach of how I would connect with, you know, future students, it would, who knows what would create, you know, maybe uh, a little Encore Red, Mikey Whipwreck Jr. <laughs> kind of guy, who knows, you know, and just, I just love to just pass on helping out next generation however I can. A question I always like to ask people is um, gear. Where did you get your first set of gear? How did that happen? Because I know when we talk to guys, we say, you know, how did you get your first pair of gear? And and some typical answers just to give you a heads up are, well, I it was passed down to me. Or I got somewhere and someone said they had an extra pair of boots that I could have or whatever. But nowadays, as we know, things aren't cheap. Um, things are definitely more expensive than they were 20, 30 years ago. I mean, I can, I can vouch for that. So what is a, kind of take me through the process here. What is a young guy like yourself, a young strapping young man? Uh, 
I'm using phrases because I'm getting older. Uh, get gear. Like, how does that process work? And is it kind of overwhelming? Like, oh, I need to piece this together and this together. And, oh, my God, how much is this going to cost? And so just kind of walk me through that. So my first set of gear was these tights that I found online. Um, I just knew that I wanted to wear something that was light, like bright colors, something that just shines in the light, you know, that presents the encore. So I found these tights and it was very generic. It was one of the tights that everyone had in the indie circuit. And it was this, I would wear it for about two, maybe three shows. Um, the other guys would kind of just, you know, make friendly jokes about it saying, you know, everybody's wearing your gear, get some new gear, get some new gear. And me trying to save money at the time, I was like, all right, I'll maybe I'll get into figuring out my gear. And then that's when I took the time to find the designer. Um, once I got the designer, I needed to find somebody that makes the gear to like bring it to the same style that I wanted. And that's when I met um, Lori from No Gimmick Gear and she custom designed the gear that um, Red has saw me perform in Aerial Assault and what I will be wearing for the time being. She won't make, she will be the one making my gear for, for now because she makes it a lot better than the one that I had before. I feel more smoothly, but I definitely had to put in some time, some research to finding somebody that can create uh, a gear. And I feel like that will be the longest process because you're always going to be changing what you want to wear, you know, some days I may want to wear tights or I may want to wear trunks, you know. Um, and yeah, that's that's how the story is. I just went online, found generic ones, and I just had to up the scale a little bit. <laughs> well, Encore, there's a little thing uh, I'm going to throw out there. You're, if there's ever a day you want to sell your first uh, first piece of gear, let me know. So that gotcha. way, when uh, w- w- when you're a big star, I can be like, "Hey, hey, see those trunks? That was on. Those are Encore's first pair, autographed." First pair. So, yeah. well, well, will, when you're, I'll give you a well, good price. I'll give you a nice sale price. <laughs> hey, hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. The, the, yeah. the autograph will be worth more than than, than the trunks themselves. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, you had mentioned earlier, uh, guys like Bro Keller and people in the locker room, how, you know, they've been around and you've learned a lot from them. Do any of the guys ever or have they mentioned anything to you, like pulled you aside and said, hey, man, I really like what you're doing? Or, man, you really seem like you got a ton of talent right now at such an early age. Has, has there ever been any really neat conversations that you've walked away and went, man, that was pretty awesome? So besides the guys that, you know, I trained with, the House of Glory students, they're always going to be the ones feeding me knowledge and information. But outside, I've got to give it to um, two people that I've, that I was never, like all the knowledge they've been giving me was Deshaun Pratt and also Afa. Those two guys, when they pulled me to the side and told me what I was doing right, what I, what I just need to just fix up a little bit and what they believe that my future holds, just said a lot that just meant a lot to me to really keep it going. It's definitely Deshaun Pratt and Alpha. 
So there's so many things going on right now. Um, you know, obviously we're in the world of everything is still open, fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything that everything stays the way it is. Um, any other promotions that uh, people may be able to see you pop up at or any other areas we may be able to see Encore perform at? All right. So we have National Championship Wrestling NCW at Fallensby, West Virginia, coming up this Saturday. Yeah, this week, Saturday, the 28th. Following that, we're going to be over in Connecticut for Test of Strength Wrestling. Um, and then right after that, we're back at PPW. Um, and I believe that's it. Also, IWA, Intense Wrestling Alliance in Lulu, Jersey. So those are the four promotions right now that I'm currently working with. Is there, have you noticed, you know, when it comes to working with different promotions on different shows, you kind of use maybe, I don't want to say a different version, but of yourself, but there's different things that you do maybe in front of one crowd that you notice gets over more like this aspect of me. If I amp this up even more, they really get into it. This crowd, I amp up this aspect and they really get into it. Is there some difference when you work in front of different crowds? Maybe you can shed some light on that. Yeah. So I've done at least two matches for each of those um, promotions so far. And I, do notice that some things work um, where they're more into than the other moves. You know, one crowd may be into my dancing part of the moves, the entertaining aspect. Some may be into more of the the hard hitting, the, the delivery of the moves. Some may be into more of a different style like Lucha or uh, hard hitting like a strong style type. Um, but that's things that I'm still adjusting to and finding out different move sets for different um, promotions because again, I still want to connect with them. If it's working, if they love it, I'm going to bring you more. I'm going to bring you more of that. I'm going to deliver it, and that's something that I'm going to just keep on learning and just keep it going. But I do I do notice that. Do you do you have a uh, a favorite match so far in your career that you feel like everything really clicked and gelled where you can say, you know, and I know a lot of wrestlers, they don't like to go back and watch their own matches. I know wrestlers are super critical themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> e e even though us fans, we think it's a fantastic match, but then when you talk to the wrestler, they'll say, no, Mike, this, 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 and this, but we don't see that because we don't know necessarily what to look for but was there ever one that you are super proud of that you feel like man on that night or on that day i was clicking and it's just it was just poetry in motion everything flowed really well i've got to say um it's got to be the match with deshaun pratt and iwa that match there i felt Everything just clicks, it, and I feel like not only the the chemistry of it, like because me and Deshaun Pratt, we already have this chemistry that works well in the ring. It was just we had everyone into it, like the crowd was into it. Um, some was even saying that we were match of the night that night, and that's something that hearing so early in the career, you're just like, what? <laughs> so now. <laughs> Hearing that, that was the first time I heard 
man, match of the night. That was awesome. Coming back next month. When I heard that, I'm like, wow, that's that's big. Match of the night, crowd clicking, the chemistry, learning new things from Sean Pratt. It was just that that's how to be my favorite match so far. Well, with you being so, you know, early in your career, I know you already told me me the story, but what was it like and what did Red say to you when he finally said, hey, you know, you can go out and do your thing now. I approve. That was the toughest question. <laughs> like It took me five minutes to say that one question because I was just so nervous and just wasn't sure if he would think I was ready yet. Um, but when I went up to him that one night and just asked him, what do you feel about me just going out there and just showing the world encore? And for a long, long time, he gave me the speech of, you know, just being careful, you know, just everything that we've learned. And when he finally just gave the blessing to go out there, it hit me and I was like, wow, the three years that I've been training and it came down to this day that I'm ushering myself out there, presenting the world to everyone encore. And it's gonna be like one hell of a ride because I know I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make them proud. So. It really meant a lot. It's it's interesting, you know. You have you have those moments where you look at your training and it's grueling, and it feels like days aren't going to end, and there's years that go by in your training. But then all of a sudden, when you get the blessing from your trainer that it's time to go, um, I can imagine it is exhilarating, it is terrifying, but there's something deep inside you that feels so good that you went through all of this and you came out on the other end and you not only came out on the other end, but you saw the process that you went through as a wrestler from the first day you walked in to the last day you left. And I mean, not to get all sentimental, but I mean, there's a lot of emotion that rides into that because it's, it's you, it's everything that is you that, that made you and brought you to this moment. Um, I'm sure there's some emotions too when you finally got the the word to say, you know what, Encore, you have my blessing. I I want you to go out and do your thing. Yeah, it, like I said, it really hit a lot just seeing that the training, the the late nights, it all pays off to just go out there and just show what all the training was about and. And being how it's been turning out for me, I just like he was right about all the training and just taking the time because a lot of guys would go out there before they're ready, and it can just be the total opposite. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we just kept it patient with him. He just, you know, made sure that we were just intact with what we're sure we want to do out there, and we just knew that. Well, I'm just speaking like with for everybody else. Like we knew when the time was right, when we feel it. And it was just that one day and I just said, you know what, I really feel that I should just ask him. And it would have been the toughest question, but uh, it really meant a lot. Like it was touching. It was really, really touching. So when you're not in the ring, what's Encore like to do in his spare time? Video games, you know, working out, you know, what do you do? 
working out because because <laughs> we got to look the part and i really like the working out aspect because it is like my version of self-care it's where i can just cut on some music and just you know just really just get the body in a really uncomfortable state where we're just changing and i know that it's for the better working out is like a huge remedy for me um also running uh my personal fitness brand where it just comes intact with the gym, working out, clothing, apparel, running that as well has really been like a gift for me where I'm just ushering out a different version of Encore, you know. Encore is more running his business, putting it out there, changing the world as far as, you know, fitness clothing at an affordable price and also in the ring entertaining the world. <laughs> so, you know? so pretty much Encore is a brand and yeah you know that there just just goes to show sorry i had to find my charger my battery's low and it's like about to die i'm listening though oh sorry. no so you know uh, the brand you know you build a brand look at people like the rock who you know life after wrestling he has a brand behind him and and he's set you know you, look at you you're very young in your career and you're already got the mindset of, hey, I'm going to set myself up for after wrestling. It's and, the business side. He's he's preparing yeah. himself. He's thinking long term instead of just right here and today. And I think that's the great mindset is that, once again, I keep coming back to this. Those who succeed in life see the bigger picture. They're able to go ahead and say, I see here, but see all this that's opening and not everybody has that so that's where i give you a ton of credit where you're able to see that early on because i feel like that mentality and that mindset's going to set you up for life yeah and like i said it's the rock was somebody that i love to watch and see the rock doing wrestling and then running his business and still balancing the two mind you he's also a movie star the, the schedule that he's on and it just would motivate me to start my and brand and try to get it as successful as his and also as far as wrestling this as a person just he just really raises the bar and i just love that aspect of being that they would say a public figure mm -hmm. you know so that is just just more than just a wrestler just just not just a person in the ring but who you are as a person outside of it is what really makes you know you that iconic figure like red not only is he great in the ring but he's a great person outside you can talk to him about anything you know just that is what i always always loved about any of the wrestling performance when i ask you a question here so you know you're on your cheat day okay you got a cheat day a little a little dessert cheat day, a little lunch cheat day, whatever you want. What are you doing? I, I'm assuming you have a cheat day, am I correct? I mean, you're in phenomenal shape. I mean, my God, keep yourself a day off. I've given myself decades off, but I digress. Uh, what are you going to do for a cheat day? If if right now money was not the – you and I are hanging out, and I said, Encore, that was a great yeah. match last night. Thanks for giving me front row seats yeah. and autographs and action figures and all that kind of stuff. Uh Today, you can eat whatever you want. Where are you going? What are you eating? What is your just, hey, you know what? I'm going to let it rip right here. First off, well, you're, you're paying. You're going to be paying the bill for Freeland. No, no. This is not accurate. No. See, see <laughs> that's not fair. There. He got you. 
Um, I got to say, well, all right, let's start with breakfast. We definitely got to have some pancakes. Love pancakes. Pancakes, um, lunch. I'll, I'm going for pizza. Pepperoni nice. pizza. Yeah, some pepperoni pizza, extra cheese, maybe some sauces in there as well. Um, cheeseburgers. Love Damn. cheeseburgers. Um, we're going to go with hot wings. Hot wings, oh. fries. Um, oh, are we talking regular fries? Or are we going smothered fries? Like chili cheese fries? Or are we talking just we're going, regular? We're going regular fries because you know nice. what we're gonna do with the fries, the the hot, the buffalo wings. Oh. We're, gonna get, we're gonna get extra sauce, right? Ooh. And we're gonna take the fries and we're gonna dip it in the hot sauce. The, the this is like sauce. dirty talk right now. This is awesome. Yeah, we're gonna dip it in the buffalo sauce and. That's gonna be our smothered French fries with buffalo sauce. Um, yeah, man, making me hungry right now. Um, <laughs> we're gonna move to dessert, right? We got. So, oh, hold on, we gotta hit. We gotta hit dinner first. Oh, dinner! Oh, dinner! We're gonna. Hmm. See, it's tricky. Wait, because is there a? Are you? Are dinner, you like a? Are you like a rib? Do you like a, ribs? It's not. I'm not. No pork. I'm not really a like a lover of pork i would eat pork but not yeah not not my go-to okay i would say though it's gotta be dinner because dinner could be passed down as like a healthy meal i would love grilled salmon with mashed potatoes or some mac and cheese and lasagna oh lasagna, lasagna. Ooh, i like that lasagna. Oh, we'll say and then that's more of a. Cheap. And then at the, at yeah. the end, there's dessert anywhere, anything in any quantity. We're talking ice cream, frozen yogurt, cookies, brownies. Oh, for dessert, we're gonna have a cinnamon. Cinnamon. If you've gone to any of the malls, see. In the Cinnabon. Uh, it's the size of a pillow. I'm getting the nice classic. Yeah, I'm getting the classic about the size of your fist. And you just, sometimes I may even get the uh, the party pack, the eight. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, a Cinnabon. But if we're going to ice cream, we're going to go Cold Stone. Cold Stone Creamery. Uh, cake batter. Or cookies and cream. Oh. I believe you and I are are starting a friendship that's going to last many, many years, my friend. (laughs) Well, well, not too many for Freeland, because after he's done eating all that, I'm going to have a heart attack. (laughs) Yeah. There's also a late late night snack. So there's dessert and there's a late night snack, right? Oh, oh, so so what's the late night snack? Holy cow. What do we got? I still have it from my last night late night snack. But I just recently found out about this. Gummy, yes. Skittles gummies. So legit. You gotta try that. I'm gonna have You've to. You gotta try. Yeah. That is like amazing. Skittles, but gummy. It's amazing. Perfect. But yeah, Man. that is a cheat day. A real from breakfast to late night snack. That's insane. I would love to, you know, we would we should do a documentary following wrestlers on their off day. We should do that. Get a camera crew, follow wrestlers on their off day, 
What are they going to eat on their cheat day? What are they going to do? All that kind of stuff. And uh, that would be entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole series documented. Well, Encore, I got the hard-hitting question at the end. Rit, we don't have to go into this question. Hey, we hey, don't hey, have hey. to. We, we don't have to go into this question. <laughs> Jeez, hey, oh, hey, Pete. Hey, hey, Freeland. <sighs> Encore and I, we go way back two weeks now. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, I'm going to break it down. I'm going to break it down and give you two questions. Okay. Question number one. It's an easy mm-hmm. one. I, I I have a good feeling. What is the favorite podcast you have ever been on? Favorite podcast you've ever appeared on? It's got to be this one. Yes. It's got to be this one. And honestly, it will probably be my favorite one in the next two, three, four, five years because, <laughs> like I said, it's my first one. We're 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 gonna edit that part it out. Where he's been everywhere, guys. Oh. He's been on Good Morning America. <laughs> he's been everywhere. Yeah. ESPN's been, the been there. Been the yes. Yeah. Been on the too. So, question here's number two. Question. Oh my gosh. Here's a good. Geez. Hot tub time machine. Here we go. Okay. Hot tub time machine. Okay. You can go back in the time through wrestling history. Mm. Any match. Take somebody out of the match. And put yourself in the match. What match is it, and why? Give me. He's lining up for the putt. Give me. These are tough. Nice this is a tough one. This is tough. I have faith in you. Okay, hear me out on this one. I know I say The Rock, you know, but I'm going to go 2004, No Way Out, take out Brock Lesnar, give me Eddie Guerrero. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yes. That is an excellent pick. Oh, give man. Me Eddie Guerrero. Whoa. And- Oh, just just the thought. We haven't heard that one before. No. I like it. Because I'm going with, like, you know, size-wise, you know, something where it's, like, it's still appealing to watch and style clashing is the way he moves in the ring. You know, that's that's what I'm big on. Character, I feel like the way he, he entertains, the way I would entertain, and we can really make a nice program out of it. I agree. I didn't I, want to I say would, the obvious of the rock, but I'm just going to – I'm going to say Eddie. Definitely Eddie. I would say Eddie Guerrero, um, just really quickly with Eddie. It was Eddie and it was John Cena, the two guys that I've never in my life seen people bleed the way they gig themselves oh, in goodness. those – that was scary. Like watching that, it was Eddie. J, was it Eddie JBL? Yes, Eddie JBL. That Eddie was scary because I was listening mm-hmm. to uh, another podcast, and um, it was like spurting. Like every time his heartbeat, it spurt out because I guess he he gigged too deep, and um, he would yeah, he would a- they put him on the gurney, and he would sit up and start talking, and then completely collapse. He would get up and start talking, and then but. I don't know. 
What's, what's yeah, your thoughts you on, on the blading aspect of it? Do you feel like that's something that is done nowadays in 2021 with younger guys sparingly if it warrants, but not something that happens a lot? I'm not really a fan of it. Um, I get it where as time is when the storyline presents itself, it could up it up a little bit, but I'm not really a fan of it. You would never really see me. I don't blame you. You know, getting to the point where I'll be busted open and doing the the Eddie spurting out the blood, the John Cena. It, it's really, it's like what Red would teach us. It would say he would ask, he would tell us, you know, ask yourself when you're done with all that stuff you was doing, sit down, just ask yourself, was it worth it? Yeah. Well put. I, well put. It wouldn't be worth it at all, it, you know. Every time Freeland sits there and brings up or, or we talk about on the podcast blading, the only thing that goes through my mind, that's why I, I chuckled a little bit, was Mikey Whipwreck and the Doritos. Did he did you oh, know that story? Goodness. No. What? Mikey Dorito. Mikey Mikey gigged himself in a hotel room with a Dorito, a cool ranch Dorito. I guess it was back he and I don't know if Jerry Lynn was he, Jerry Lynn was in the room, a bunch of ECW guys. I don't know if Red was in the room, but they were just having fun in the hotel. I forget what city <laughs> they were in. Blood. And he and, oh, I think Cactus Jack might have been in there. And he just went <laughs> and he and it was like <laughs> Oh my god. What? Gigged himself with a Dorito, so yeah. Oh, with a Dorito. I didn't even think a Dorito could be. I mean, I see it happening because of how many times a Dorito would cut the inside of my mouth. But <laughs> seeing that he actually, yeah, yeah, that that's that's wild. It was a fun night. I I can see somebody gigging themselves with those kettle corn potato chips. Those things. I had one. I had some of those today with a sandwich. That that, that that's not kettle corn. That's called stale. And they're just, they're just, they think we're a bunch of schmoes. They're like, oh, let's put some stale chips in a bag. They'll never know. We'll call it kettle corn. They're sharp as razor blades. But Mikey, and he even told me, he was like, it wasn't the cheese. It was Cool Ranch. So, hey. <laughs> cool Ranch, the best time, too. Yes, with a little DNA on the end of it. So, <laughs> but uh, Encore, where can people find you? Social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, all the the places that people can locate you, find you, where can they get merchandise, find out everything that is Encore. So it's all mixed, right? So I got to find that one handle where it's just one, you know, but some are taken on Instagram, some is not taken on Twitter. But um, on Twitter, it's Encore Showtime. One word, that's the handle. On Facebook, it is Encore More and O-O-R-E. And on Instagram, I'm going to find a better name, but it's A-N-D-R-E-E, two E's. Then there's a dot, and then there's M-O-O-R-E-E. -E. So there's two E's after Andre and also more, but still trying to find the name. But they're all taken, but, <laughs> but, hey, um, uh, but yes. I found the, uh, out if you throw an underscore under there somewhere. Get it. Yeah. Oh my God, Rit, tell them the story all taken, about. Though. I think they're all taken. Well, well, well right. listen to what the Rit has to say, because you know the Rit's a huge star. So I mean, it's it's really hard to find the Rit. Hey. So so tell him exactly your 
kerfluffle with trying to find it. His name is Josh Ritter. Okay, let's set the stage there. Okay. Hey, so, hey. I try to sit there and put, come up with the writ. The writ. Like, That's what he calls it. The gimmick. Kind of like The Rock. You know what I mean? Oh, my uh, God. I can't so, even believe uh, you're going there. Uh, hey, 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 listen to greatness. Zip your lip, eyes, and the prize. Anyways, <laughs> so I'm going through you know the Twitter handle. I'm like, oh, it's easy. T-H-E-R-I-T-T. Click. It's taken. Are you freaking kidding me? Okay, let, let's pull the Mikey Whipwreck. I'll slide an underscore in there. T-H-E underscore R-I-T-T. Already taken. I'm like, these son of a guns. How many is so, the rich are out there? So so I had to go and go underscore. T-H-E oh, underscore R-I-T-T. Bingo. There we That's go. One. The underscore. Yeah, but here's here's the thing, Encore. When he tries to tell people, like at the end of show, we to say people, hey, you want to reach out to us? He doesn't remember. He doesn't remember where the underscores go. So he's like, yeah, it's the red underscore T underscore. And I'm like, and what? That's, that's not it. Hey, <laughs> hey, not even it. Hey, why do you think I told you? One, I'm never on the panel, so I don't, I don't have to make that schmuck anymore. Yeah, but you still need to know who you are, though. That's why I told you to get business cards. So I can hand these things out. It's already on the business card. So it falls on me. Okay. Easy All right. peasy. All right. Vista mm-hmm. Prince, I'm calling you Monday morning. Just hand them out. But Encore, it is a pleasure. <laughs> it is so much fun oh, to get a chance man. to talk to you. You are a student of the game without a shadow of a doubt. You are very passionate about this. And we have zero doubt that you are going to be somewhere, I would say, six months to a year. We're going to see you somewhere. And you deserve it because I think that – I just like to see good people succeed, and you're good people. And um, last question, not going to be a difficult one. Is there any chance we could ask you to come back again sometime and update us in, in the world of all things that are Encore? Absolutely. I'm honored to come back here and just give an update of what's new, what's next, you know. So I'm here. Got the email. <laughs> hey, hey, I love it. When AEW calls you, I want you to come on our podcast first. So make that announcement. You, you guys got do, it. do you ever notice how the writ, when he gets real serious about a question, he just gets so super close to the microphone? Yeah, this just makes me so anxious. I'm like, oh, what is hey, When you get that phone call, you let us know. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? What is this, saw? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> want to buy a host? I want to play a it's, game. It's okay. The, it's the anxiety. You got to sell that anxiety. You know? yes. He, do- he does. You I love it. Well, you know what? We're excited for you. We're happy. And once again, we will see you down the road, but hopefully very, very soon. All successes with PPW. Huge big show coming up. We will be a part of that as well. So awesome. Have a great night. And thanks again, man. Thank you so much for having me. Till next time. All right. You got it. Thank you so much. Wow. That was cool. That was really cool. I mean, he is, he's one of those guys who, you just feel like you could hang out with him. And I know that sounds kind of like, oh, you could hang out with him. But no, I feel like you could hang out with him. I feel like he's just a regular fun person in general. And I think if you really gravitate to a person and you like a person, that makes you invested more into their character as well. Do you know what I mean? Like Exactly. I, I met a wrestler. I met a couple different wrestlers that I didn't necessarily know a whole lot about at one point. 
but I got to know them as people. And I was like, man, these people are really, really cool people. I really want to get to know them more. And so that's how it phases into the next element of, of fanhood for us. So I'm happy about that. So gracious that he carved out so much time for us. And uh, I appreciate him, you know, more than enough. Like my son gravitated towards him and, you know, my son's very picky, you know, besides the, oh, like John Cena. So give him five across the eyes. Then he can't see me. Five across the eyes, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I better do it now before he, get, before, he, before he gets taller than me. I was just about to say, I mean, from what you told me, the way he plays football, man, I tell you what. Man, did I sit there and, and tell you? We was talking to his coach after the scrimmage. Yeah. And this one play was, was pretty funny. Uh, he, was on, he was on the defensive line, and he was nose guard. So he, they already told him he's going to get double team, being nose guard most of the time. He held his own against the center, the guard, and was pushing him back and took care of the running back also where the linebacker went in and sacked the quarterback for minus seven yards. Wow. Like, after the play, the defense was sitting there, you know, giving high fives and hitting it on the helmet, the, the kid that got the sack. And then and then Aiden, too. Aiden walks calmly up to the coach. He's like, I don't know why everyone's, you know, happy. I didn't do nothing. The coach goes, you held three people on your own. We can't ask for much more. This is true. This is true. So, man. I know you're a happy papa. Oh, yeah. This, and, and, and he loves it. And he's not getting tired either during the games, which is what they were worried about. No, he, he, they pulled him out, and he, was, he wanted to go back in. You know, everybody had to get their reps because it was a scrimmage. Sure. But, uh, yeah, the, the – Aiden being on the field definitely made the coach second guess. Another play, they went and Aiden's out. There's a smaller guy in the middle. They ran up the middle for 10 yards to the goal line. They pulled the little guy out, put Aiden back in. They passed it. So they he, they, they, he, they definitely didn't want nothing up the middle. He's the beast incarnate. So The future Brock Lesnar. But he eats you out of house and home, though. I mean, huge football players. Oh Oh my goodness, I went and bought a cheat day snack. It was a double uh, box of Twinkies and Ding Dongs for every occasional. I put them downstairs in the basement. Like a bloodhound, he sniffed them out and opened the box before I even got one. Gone? No, no, just one of them was gone. That's the box. But he found them. He found them. Wow. I'm like, good Lord. But yeah. But I'm happy for him. And I'm happy for him that he's enjoying what he's doing. I'm happy for his success. Um, I'm happy for you because I know this is something that means a lot. It's something you guys connect with. So that's a very cool father-son thing to share. So I'm happy for you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking more along the lines of the next big thing is when he, we got to the game, uh, he put on his pads and jersey, and then they play the the pre rep music. And this was on Friday, mm-hmm. National CM Punk Day. Yes, 
they start blaring cult of personality over the intercom for the field. I look over Aiden. Aiden puts his helmet on and then yells, it's clobbering time. Wow. And I'm like, uh, yep, that confirms it. Punk's definitely coming back tonight. The stars have aligned. Yes. Wow. Very cool. So Very cool. Freeland? Yes, sir. Left, anything left that you want to say? No. Go to a commercial break at the top of the hour. No, nothing else that I got to say, but guys, please follow Encore. Uh, great talent. You know, we're going to be part of the next PPW show. Uh, follow him on his social media platforms, like he said before, and get merchandise and find him in your local area because he's not just going to be at PPW. He's going to be at some other places too. So, and I've said this before and I sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say it again. I don't care where it is. Support independent wrestling. Please support them. They are the future of this business. We need to support them because these are the people that are going to take the business to the next level and they need our support. So there you go. Well, Freeland, I guess like we're going to go to a commercial break. We'll be back right after this. With Rob. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave me. My shirt too sexy for my shirt so sexy it hurts and I'm too sexy for Milan too sexy for Milan New York and Japan take it and I'm too sexy for your party too sexy for your party no way I am disco dancing I'm a model, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk, yeah on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I do my little turn on the catwalk. Sexy for my cat, too sexy for 
Welcome back to Front Row Material. My name is Mike Friedland. I am joined by my follically challenged friend. His name is... The Rit. Yes, we are brought to you by MLW Radio Network. Uh, once again this week, we are filling in for Mikey and Jerry, who are away. But uh, that was a lot of fun with Encore, wasn't it? Hey, man. I tripped down memory lane from uh, meeting him at PPW, talking about his you know, training, his career, you know, what the uh, House of Glory means to him. And then you had an amazing time talking desserts, delicacies, those snack food. Yes, indeed. So he's a he's a fun guy to talk to. He's, he's one of those people where very easy to have a conversation with. He seems like he's very humble. Uh, grateful for any opportunity that comes his way. And I think big things are going to be on his horizon. And I think that he's going to do very, very well in the wrestling business. I mean, his abilities and his talent are crazy to think that, you know, he's new in wrestling and he's able to do so many different things. And I like the fact that he started to talk about how his experiences in playing other sports definitely, um, was a good transition piece into wrestling as well. And, and when he looked at wrestling, he said, yeah, I, I think I could do that. Or I like that move. I think I could do that. And I think that's why we see a lot of people who transition into pro wrestling who come from an athletic background, um, either football or track or whatever it may be. They do very, very well. Yeah. And with him, you know, when he was talking about training with Amazing Red, he, he got there and he was, he felt he was behind when, Hey, it's just your, you know, you're just starting out. But when Red's like, "Hey, can you do this?" He's like, "Okay, I can do it." You know, he was, he, he had that never say die attitude. That if you know, Red had that never say die attitude. Mikey has that never say die attitude. Even Mick has that, you know. So Encore is a perfect fit for that family tree. He is. He's definitely a uh, a descendant of the ones who've come before him. So really happy about that. Got a big, big uh, show that's going to be coming on. They're going to be associated with Fight with uh, with their next big pay-per-view. So that's going to be exciting. We're going to be a part of that as well. It's uh, September 11th, live in Broadsboro, PA. We have the anniversary show number eight. This is what's signed so far. We have Papa Jr. taking on Big Cass. Whoa. Whoa. And we're we're tipping that week off. Papa Jr. that Monday. Live interview. This is one you're not going to want to miss because I talked to him for 20, 30 minutes after the show. And, man, he has a big story he wants to tell. And he's got stuff to get off his chest. And I told him, paint your picture on our canvas. We'll be here just to listen. Yeah. And it's it's going to be a great story. I've, I've got to hear 
uh, bits and pieces of it as you and I have talked about. But when he gets to stand there and and, and kind of just lay it all out for you, I think it's something that you are going to leave this episode and go, whoa. I mean, the Samoan heritage, all of that, we're going to get into it. And he is going to tell us everything um, about wrestling and about his beliefs in wrestling and his background in wrestling. And it's just going to be really good. It's going to be one of those episodes that you're not going to want to miss. Then you have Enzo taking on Juventud Guerrero. That's going to be crazy. We just recently saw Hoovy Juice, uh, Juventud Guerrero in the Five Labors of Jericho. And he looked good. He looked really good. And so he's going to be coming back. He will be at PPW, uh, getting ready to tear the house down. And we all know Enzo. We know that he can grab the microphone. He can cut a promo. And I've seen a lot of his stuff ever since he left WWE. And I really think he's improved uh, dramatically. And I think people are really going to be surprised. I think this is going to be a super, super strong match and uh, maybe worthy of match of the night. We'll have to wait and see. What else we got on that card? We've got Facade or Facade. Facade, Buddy Matthews versus JT Dunn. Now that is the former Buddy Murphy, correct? Former Buddy Murphy. This here is his official first match back. Wow. Off of the uh, the 90 days. That's exciting. I can't wait. First match back, Buddy Buddy Murphy, as you may be familiar with him. I, you know, let's talk about Buddy Murphy here for a second. I thought Buddy Murphy was so good. And I really became a big fan of his. And I want to say he had a great showing when they were over in Saudi Arabia. And I started to follow him. And it was like he started to get more of a push and more of a push. And I thought this guy, this guy could be a big, big top guy, and um, he deserves better than what he got. But I'm happy for him, and hopefully, he'll get a chance to show a new audience everything that he is in the rejuvenated version of him starting in PPW. Then, if you like triple threats, we've got a second one. Oh, I like them. We have a women's triple threat. Ooh. Mercedes Martinez. Wow. Christina Marie. Rachel Ellering. That's going to be a three-way dance like you are not going to believe. That's going to be a damn good one. I, I'm, I can't I can't wait for, for that one. Like, Martinez, hot off, you know, being released. Bam, she's got she she wants to show that she ain't missing a step on the indies, and the indies is where they love her at. Yeah, very, very true. Rachel Ellering, I mean, gosh, we've seen her. I mean, impact world tag team women's champions uh with Jordan Grace, and then we've seen her do several different things uh with different promotions as well as a singles competitor. She's making her way all around the circuit, making a, a name for herself right now. So exciting. I know she uh, she had some time in WWE, but then obviously she decided to move on from there, and she has not missed a beat whatsoever. I think that is going to be really good. That could be match of the night. Ooh, I could top it. What do you got next for me? Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish, Undisputed Era, yes. Taking on who I say is going to be the match of the night, Deshaun Pratt. Wow. 
Wow. Bobby Fish, Undisputed Era versus Deshaun Pratt. Deshaun Pratt's last two opponents. Deshaun Pratt faced last show. Man. Davy Richards. You having a case of the yeah. <laughs> you having a case of the uh the Bidens? Too, too Might want to make uh, a trip to Delaware. Too much uh too much little uh sugar. I was gonna say you had oh nope, not even gonna go there. I'm just gonna let it go. Yeah. Let but, it go. But, but man, like you if he thought Davy Richards hits hard, you wait till he gets to the ring with Bobby Fish. That's gonna be incredible. Incredible. Let's let's pause here for a quick second here. The Undisputed Era is now no more. I want to ask you a question, Ritster. Where would you rank the Undisputed Era as a whole, as far as a faction? Because I will tell you this. Although their time wasn't as long as we had hoped, God, they were good. I mean, they were machines and... I don't know. I, I would put them up there as as one of the best uh, factions five, that we've top seen. Five. Top five. They, they single handedly held NXT at bay for one time at one point in time. Yeah, they they, they were in. Were they in every War Games match that yeah. NXT did? Yep. You know they've held all the gold at one point. Correct. You know Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, Bay Bay. O'Reilly. I'm speechless because it was so fun. Like, even if you didn't really get into a ton of stuff NXT did, um, you always could fall back on the Undisputed Era. You always knew when they were on the show it was going to be good. Whether it was the North American Championship on the line, the NXT Championship on the line, the Tag Team Championships. They were just, they were money. And um, so happy to to have gotten a chance to witness some of that. But now, obviously, the Undisputed Era is, is no more. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is doing his thing now. Obviously, he is... Uh, and, and and Adam Cole is... Adam Cole is... Well, we don't know. We don't know what Adam Cole is. Well, as as a Friday, as a Friday, a lot of people were reporting on this, but as a Friday, uh, he will be a free agent. Okay. So a lot yeah, of people maybe, have been reporting that he was already, but by Friday. Like, I told you... What Adam Cole should have did at the end of that match, if he knew he wasn't signing, he should have went and pulled the Bret Hart. And spelled the letters in the Spe- air? Spelled oh, God. the letters, A-E-W, got out of the ring, got the doctor, because the doctor was in the house. Yeah. Took Britt Baker and just left through the crowd. Yeah, hey, you ain't ever going back. I was going to say, you do that, you better hope they mail your last paycheck because I don't think you want to go back through that curtain. Hey, but, but in all honesty, do yeah. you really think Adam Cole made the smart you know, decision by not resigning? Well, like, we, right now, we know that he has not signed a contract. Now, that could change because it's only, yes. it's only Tuesday night. It could change between now and Friday. And as we have seen, a lot of things can change in the course of a few hours, much less a few days. Um, but let's just play devil's advocate here, Rit. Let's say he does not sign. Do I think it's the right move? That depends. And here's why. If he is already in a good financial place, right, mm-hmm. and he is not reliant on them for money, and he says, creatively, I want to do other things, 
I want to go other places. I mean, we, we talked about this, and you know this. There's only so many bumps you have on your bump card. Mm-hmm. Do you want to use all of those up right there? Or do you want to say, before all is said and done, I'd like to go here, I'd like to go here, I'd like to go there while I'm still young and still have an opportunity to have some of these matches that I've always wanted to have. Or I could make all this money and I could just stay right here in my safe little box and maybe not feel completely fulfilled. So I guess it's it's kind of depends on where you're at, but I personally think he's a guy who wants to challenge himself and I think he will go ahead and move on, but Man, he moves on and WWE does not re-sign him. That's huge. Huge. Because that's a guy in his prime walking away from WWE. This is not a guy that got cut. This is him choosing to walk away. And this is just my opinion. If Adam Cole, you know, you got to weigh the good with the bad. Mm -hmm. They're looking at over six foot under 30 in NXT. So you know you're not going to be there no more. Correct. They're going to move you to main roster. Main roster. Okay. They they offered him allegedly a million dollar contract. Okay. A million a year. Same as Braun Strowman. Okay. As soon as they needed money for budget cuts, they released Braun Strowman. Yep. So he could sign that contract today. Three months from now, they can release him. This is very true. So, which I always thought, if you wanted out of your contract, that's when you should have the no-compete clause. But if they release you... You should be free and clear. You should be free and clear right away. 100% agree. Yes. You know? But, yeah, I, I, if, if he leaves, if he stays... I wish him the best of luck. But if he leaves, I see more opportunity for him. New Japan would love him to to come back over and do some uh, stuff, I'm sure. Ring of Honor would love to have him come back. Oh, absolutely they would. You know, so I I really sit there and say, hey, you know, let's bet on Cole. But there's some things you got to think about here, too, like – I don't know, like part of me is really excited about AEW and and part of me is really excited about what could be. But then a part of me, Rit, and I think you'll agree with me, is we don't want to see this turn into WCW 2.0. And I know there's been a ton of conversations about, well, this could be WCW 2.0. Ted Turner had this endless bank account. Tony Khan has this endless bank account. Ted Turner signed all these WWE guys. Tony Khan signs these WWE guys. And, And there's a lot of similarities But where I would say that I have more faith in AEW than I did in WCW was that when you look at the talent that they have, that they're grooming, the homegrown talent, you know what I mean? Like MJF going over Chris Jericho. I think that's a good thing. Continue to push MJF. Continue to push Jungle Boy. Continue to push your tag teams. um, Continue to develop people on dark and elevation. Continue that move bring in some well-known people, some older ones who can enhance the product, such as your Mark Henry's, which I like Mark as a commentator. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I don't foresee Mark getting back into the ring, but obviously it seems like we're being teased that big show is going to get back into the ring. 
I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. Um, uh, and I talked to you a little bit. I, this is just my opinion. It's not like, you know, there's a magic crystal ball in front of me. I see that whole uh, thing being set up for an eventual big show Anthony Ogogo match. Yeah, you brought that up and you 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 really put together some good bullet points. When you want to share with everybody else what you shared with me, because when you laid it out the way you did, it made so much sense. So tell everybody what you told me. Well, you know, big show, you know, challenging QT Marshall. QT is not really the guy they're trying to get over in that group. Right. Anthony Ogogo is. Big show has been known for that knockout punch. Anthony Ogogo is known for that knockout punch. You know, you, you set that match up. Lay it out. Hey, big big show can sit there and take the fall. Anthony Gogo now, now because you know goes to the next level and becomes a star because he's he knocked out the world's largest athlete. You know, I, I just love you know. Now this is just my opinion. It would be great if it played out like this because it would make perfect sense. But we have to see. You know. Hopefully, uh, we, we know somebody that listens to the podcast that's really close to Tony Khan, and uh, you know I, I, I could get a, little a little bug in his ear, get a little five ninety nine plus shipping and handling uh, off the, their uh, all out paper or all in pay per view. I get there's an AEW AAW's mixed up. Uh, you know what? I've often done that myself. Well, well, one's all out and one's all in. Yeah, it is so. what it is. Um, I I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I think that. Bringing guys in to AEW isn't a bad thing if they're positioned and utilized the right way to continue to move to the future. Because think about this. I believe it was John Cena did an interview uh, during his summer of Cena, which now seems to be over for the exception of one Madison Square Garden house show that he's going to appear at, not non-televised. But he said if WWE does not start developing new people, but when have they developed anybody new? Like, I can't even name the last new guy or gal that they've developed. Who is it? Roman might have been the last one. I mean, and that's a long-ass time ago. I mean, the sh- when the Shield first came to be? Mm-hmm. Woo. Interesting. Yeah. So, and your great comparisons from WCW to, you know, AEW. WCW, when they went and signed all the WWE talent, they held down the younger talent they they did they absolutely did i'll agree with that that they could you imagine what wcw would have been like if the guerreros the jerichos malenko ray mysterio you know harlem heat all those guys got the push and worked with the older guys they signed and got the rub wcw would have been a lot more interesting I mean the Billy Kidmans, the Chuck Palumbos, oh yeah, uh, the Sean Stasiaks, um, Crowbar, Crowbar, yeah, Crowbar as well. There are so many, and but they did that whole Millionaires Club was angle, it, it was but it late. was you, the, it, the ship had already sailed. You you can't you can't go back and do that again. But um, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. And, and AEW, they're doing the complete opposite. They're bringing in the talent, but they're making them work with the younger talent. And they're getting eyes and drawn like Christian is working hand in hand with, you know, Jurassic Express. Yeah. 
you know, those guys are, are, are learning from Christian, hands down. Private I, Party and, and Butcher, Blade, and Bunny are all working with Matt Hardy. Same thing. You know, just learning, exorbitant. Would you also say that in some ways, Brian Cage, who's been a very experienced guy, is giving the rub also to Hobbs and Ricky Starks as well? And maybe not necessarily Taz giving the rub to them, but I think Brian Cage, because Brian has done so much and has been around that just his name recognition brings with a certain notoriety to it. Tony Khan, when's Brian Cage getting the title match? That's a great question. That is a phenomenal question. Has has Miro and Brian Cage gone at it for the TV title yet? Not yet. Why is that not being built up? That would be a phenomenal match. Skip it. I want him and Omega. I I want him and Omega. You want Kenny Omega and Brian Cage? Yeah. Hey, I stated this on Cult of Beardo when we on did what? Our, yeah, yeah. Cult of Beardo. That was that, a show. No, <laughs> when we went and did a uh, a questionnaire of you know who who do you think's going to be the breakout star? I picked Brian Cage. Brian yeah. Cage, twenty twenty one. And so far, we're you know a little bit over halfway through it, and so far, I'm kind of disappointed. Like, yeah, he finally broke away from Team Taz. But you gotta end that feud and move on to the next one. And hopefully after all out, it's done. Yeah, I can't disagree with you on that one. But I mean, there's not there's not anybody on the AEW roster that I don't think is getting an opportunity. I think everybody for the most part is getting an opportunity. And I've said this and I tweeted about this. You know a group that I really, really like? 2.0. And Daniel Garcia, oh my God. First of all, I love Daniel Garcia. Um, I know um, Kate, uh, Kate Hensler is a big fan of of him as well, Daniel Garcia. I'm a huge fan of Daniel Garcia. If you have not seen a Daniel Garcia match, you are doing yourself an injustice. He is so good, and I love the way the 2.0 is right now. They are so good on the mic. They can trash talk, but they can back it up. Did anybody else notice they kind of have those nasty boys uh, vests that have like the the old paint everywhere? Uh, love it. it. Do you know who else I love? Who else do you love? One of our guests next week. Who is one of our guests next week? Dan Barry. Dan Barry. Pro wrestler Man. and comedian, right? I can't wait. And... Good friends of our good friends, Mikey Whipwreck and Jerry Lynn. That's right. And I love so much how uh, respectful he was, how he went along the lines of, hey, uh, do I got Mikey and Jerry's blessing to come on the show? And of wow. course, we, you know, we ask, sure, why not? You know, the joke's on him. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good show. That's going to be at the 9 o'clock hour. Yes, 9 o'clock hour. The 8 o'clock hour, we got a good, phenomenal future star talent, Davey Bang. Davey Bang. And uh, we talked a a little bit about him during the, well, one of your favorite interviews we've had, Trevor Outlaw interview. Why do you got to do that? Why do you got to do that? Why is it every interview that I get roasted by somebody somehow that becomes one of my best interviews? Freeland. 
Yeah. Do we need, need to go down the Hall of Fame here? Darius Carter. Missa Kate. Pee pee poo poo Erica Lee. Erica Lee. Trevor Outlaw. Trevor Outlaw is going to be good. It's going to be really, really good. I mean, he he carries himself like a star, and he's going to be uh he's going to be somebody people are going to want to watch for a long time to come. You know what? I'm going to say this right now, and this is no disrespect to PPW at all, but I usually could see Encore being on AEW TV. Absolutely, absolutely see him. I can see Trevor Outlaw on AEW television. Absolutely, uh, Erica Lee. All these people we talked to, they all could be on AEW television. Dark man. Elevation, all of them. Exactly. Oh, man, PP. My, my, did I tell you my son bought a shirt off her at, at PPW show? I'm, and, and every time we talk about PPW, I, I, I think of Eric Lee. I'm glad you clarified that, by the way, because when you said he bought a shirt off her, like, it almost sounds like, hey, give me your shirt. I'll buy it off you. You mean he bought at the merch table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, okay, so what shirt did he buy? Uh, it, it's the one that has like, it has, oh man, it's downstairs. It, I'll have to show it uh, next week. It's uh, It's got three or four faces of her honor. Nice. You know, so. I'm going to order, I'm going to order me a Miss Kate shirt. So, you can't you're wait. Gonna, you're going to have to, you're going to have to wear it when, when she demolishes you. Anton, what did you just notice? Hold on, hold on, hold on. What was noticed? He thinks he's noticed something. Rit and I discussed this, and if he thinks he noticed something, just hold on to that, and we're going to see if anybody else notices anything. See, but Anton's one of those guys, he's very perceptive. He's very detail-oriented. It's not, it's not, it's not what we thought. He just thought that uh, I could be uh, the angry Amish Ritterman. Oh. Well, you do. He is kind of right. You do look quite Amish. I mean, if I didn't know you, I would ask you if you could make me a rocker. You know what I mean? I could. But, well, the last uh, the last chair I made was for Big Daddy Beardo. We, we all were... remember how that turned out. He put yeah. his big ass in there, and it turned into kindling. My God. He got, he got himself a splinter right in the sphincter. Yeah, working right on here. that all week. Right here. Hold on. We'll be back right after this 30-second clip. Well, <laughs> wow. And, and as you can see, he never got he he hasn't gotten up off the floor since since that episode happened. My, my chairs are not very good. So wait a minute, you guys weren't together. You were in separate locations, though, right? Oh yeah, separate locations. Right, but you guys live fairly close to each other too, right? Yeah, he lives okay. right close to Mikey, and I'm I'm right there with nice. uh, so nice. Yeah, you do look Amish, though. I mean, let's be I, – I don't know if any of our listeners are Amish. If they are, hey, so be it. But, you know, Anton brings up a really good point. If you were literally to, like, get one of those hats with, like, the pigtails hanging down literally and just started walking down your street, guarantee you'd pick up so much business for, like, 
woodworking, Adirondack chairs, all that kind of stuff. I mean, seriously, well, you have that market cornered. Hey, and then I could always subcontract it to our good friend up north, the butt. The butt who does all the woodworking, yes. And he, he I subcontracted to him. They think I'm doing great work, and I'll keep thirty percent over the market value. I'm just glad that you're not using the other clip that uh, you've threatened me with uh, numerous what, times before. What clip? No, we're not going there. Okay. We're not. No, we're not going there. We don't. All even have I'm going to say. We don't you, have it. We don't have it. Okay, that's great. Don't even. Don't no, even. Don't even tease that you have don't have it and then pull it up. No, don't no, do no. it. No, no, no. We, we don't have it. What we're we're talking about here is there was a uh, I don't know how this happened. There was a there was a clip. All I will say is somehow a clip. It, it, it was a clip of me of Freeland training. No, oh, oh, we're not training. Eating cookies, training against Miss Kate. Thank you. That's all we're saying. And that video better never see the light of day. Oh, my God. Well, it, it, it did from Mikey to me. Mm. And, mm -mm -mm -mm. and Kelly. Yeah. Well, I figured. Why not? Why not? And, and about 12 or 13 people at work. Wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> no, no, no. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. So. But uh, anyway. A lot of stuff going on here. Uh, are we going to step out and then go to uh, go to the panel? Let's uh, let's go to the panel right after uh, this commercial break. Right after this commercial break, we're going to the panel early tonight. So, panel members, get your ass in the room. Did you know in this country there is currently a global pandemic in which men are being unclosed and mooching for T-shirts as well as using their dead relative's chair? For as little as $5 a week, you can prevent this man from continuing to use a dead relative's chair, as well as going unclothed and mooching for merchandise from other podcasts and superstores. Please donate what you can at frmpod at gmail.com. Uh, yes. And we're back. Yes. I would like to finally a restraining order. Mm-hmm.
His name is Josh Ritter. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you all the details uh, after we get done with the show. No, he's not near me. No. Oh, physically, he's in another state. But I feel like I'm being harassed visually and in an auditorial way. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. And we're back. Whoa, we're back. We are back. Well, hey. <sighs> yes. So, so as soon as I get that paperwork, I'll sign it. I'll, I'll send it back over, and uh, we'll, we'll be going our separate ways. Mm-hmm. You unbelievable. You showed the the bathroom bathroom video again. Oh, I, well, we can't talk about it. You in the bathroom video. All right, let's get to it right now. Let's let's bring on, let's bring on the guys. But you're lucky though. Why? Because I can't wait for you to give me the speech of good luck in your future endeavors because we already know that I can handle the big time. He can't handle the big time. Speaking of, real quick, the big time. Everybody get a chance to catch out that Ken Shamrock interview that the Rit did recently? Wow. That was a great interview. A great interview. Hey, um, it was a tough video uh, interview, but you got to do what you got to do. And Kenny Shams and I are becoming like this. Kenny Shams, yeah. Hey, hey, we're, we're going to be going to the auto zone. We're going to take a trip to the auto zone. We're going to take a trip to the auto zone? Yeah. What does that hey, mean? We're, 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 then we're going to go uh, look in the sky at the ozone. Yeah, if, if you know, you know. You know what I mean? You're very confusing to me. Well, speaking of confusing, I know someone that got those jokes, and let's bring him in right now. He is... Renegade. Whoa, there he is. There is the man. He is uh, the Steven Spielberg of uh, independent adult films, and uh, he is our resident rock and roller. Um, and you're also the illegitimate son of Brett Michaels, it looks like. So tell us, uh, what's going on with you since the last time we talked? Well, as everybody knows from last week, I've dipped my toe into the world of adult entertainment. Wait, wait, wait. Just your toe? Yeah, just a toe. Just a tip of the toe. Um, so we, we were starting off with a three-picture deal in the Robin Williams series. And I submitted them. Uh, but there's bad news. But then there's fantastic news. Okay, so we'll start with the bad news because it's not as overwhelming as the fantastic news. So the bad news, I submitted them. And unfortunately, I could not afford to pay other actors. So I had to film every part myself. Do you know how hard it is to make it look like you're doing yourself? <laughs> the CGI I had to put into that and the time and effort was outrageous. And they came back to me and said, thank you for your submission. But we feel like this has been done in poor taste. And can you imagine the hurt of an of a, a adult film agency telling you something is in poor taste? That's so, true. Yeah. So there is a silver lining to this and some fa fantastic news coming up. I have started my own company, my own production company, to get these, this ball rolling. And I've hired an actor. Oh, I have one actor who uh, will take my place because they said the only 
appealing thing about me on camera was the back of my head. So apparently I don't have the, the movie star looks. But that's okay. So I've hired an actor who started a production company, Fluffernutter Productions. And are you ready for this? Well, hold on. Fluffernutter? Yes. Fluffernutter Productions. Okay, continue. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, the, the actor, actually, you know. You know this person. He will be part of the panel. Ladies and gentlemen, the butt. I wondered why he <laughs> got the haircut. Hit. <laughs> See, it it's, this all, all makes sense this now. This is all a plan. So his working name will be Bill DeButt. And he signed a four-picture deal with me. And the first series will be a Tom Spank series. And the lineup goes as, as follows. Forrest Hump. The tagline, life is like a box of condoms. You never know when she's getting wet. <laughs> oh, my. oh my god. Wow. We've wow. got bigger. We've all seen the movie Big. Well, we're doing bigger. We've got Sleeping with Seattle. And if if adult films can have a romantic comedy, we've got you've got cracks. <laughs> Did you say you've got crabs? You've got crabs. Wow. Just so, once. <laughs> so, but welcome, welcome to Fluffernutter Productions, and uh, thank you very much. We look, forward, we look forward to a fruitful and prosperous future. I, I don't know what to say. That's uh, you. You put a lot of effort into that, and I give you a ton of credit. Well, I'll have to put more effort into it. Yeah. You. <laughs> Wow. You, you Good thing wow. They call me the Canadian tripod. Wow. <laughs> so does that mean you're going to give your, your co-stars the Canadian destroyer? Whether they like it or not. Oh my gosh. This sounds like a tantric film already. Man, I see DVD sales going skyward. Well, I'm oh, happy man. for you, Renegade. You're you're uh Hey, hey, I'm going to be more happier for Bud. You should see some of the talent he gets to work with. <laughs> I haven't seen the talent yet. I'm looking forward to it. They're they're a little short. <laughs> oh my god! Oh like, my god! Oh, like geez. three feet. So, speaking of short, we've got the man with the beats, boom. Anton. Boom 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 boom. Here we go. Bring him in. God damn it, Mike Freeland. Hiding dick. Wow! Look at that. He's getting ready. He's pre-game and he's ready for the show. I like it. How are you, what young man? Guys? So that was all fucking hilarious. I was going to make the Canadian Destroyer comment. So that was all fucking great. Fucking great. It's good to see you gentlemen again, as always. Good to see you, Mr. Butt, Mr. Renegade, Mr. Ritterman. Good to see you. And But I don't know what I should have caught on to that I might not have. Because I'm sometimes blind to the obvious. But... I thought I. Yeah. You know what? I thought he would have got. I, I might have. We'll see. But if he shaves the mustache and we give him the blue button-up shirt and the fucking hat and suspenders, 
Can he just be fucking roadkill for Halloween? Please. Oh, that would be perfect. That'd be solid. Hey, that yeah. would be great. I will do it if we book Danny Doring. I'll dress up as Mikey. We, yeah. The, 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 only, the only question I'll ask him is chickens. Yeah. <clears throat> you just, you just got to go full roadkill for the whole interview. Oh, my gosh. You're terrible. And, and speaking of roadkill, yes. he's got the man that lives by the road. I don't know his full name, but we got on the show tonight, handsome Doc Hendricks. Well, what's going on, FRM? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. It's awesome. First things first, how many beers have you pounded back to get that voice? Uh, I haven't pounded any back. I've had a Moscow Mule. Well, but, hey, uh, whatever you choose to do in your garage, that's up to you. I didn't. I said I didn't say I pounded a, a Moscow Mule. I just said I'm drinking one. Well. So. Oh, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, Doc, uh, don't do not get oh renegade my. any more ideas for films. We will. We will leave all the pounding to the ass man. That's right. Do, do you do? Does, are you into bestiality? I know that's against the law in Canada, but I, I tell you what, if you film it inside of Liam's garage, it may be okay. Why do you God think it would be okay in my garage? You're a bit fucked. Mike Freeland, God damn it. Mike Freeland, God damn it. Hey, do, I see a, do I see a loose moose movie coming? Ooh. No, no, you don't. Well, well, wait a minute. Species wait a minute. erotica is still illegal. Uh oh. This just in. Uh oh. Oh, dear. Dun to dun to dun dun to dun to dun. We're throwing it to the butt. But, hey, right now, where is the panel at? Right now, the majority of the panel will be in the green zone. Green zone. Freeland is 100% in the yellow zone. He's silly as shit. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. True. And Liam, surprisingly, is not in the red zone yet. I mean, he's been on for a whole two minutes. He should be yelling and shit by now. Damn. Just but wait. Overall, I think we're in the green zone. <laughs> uh, Mr. Redderman, you're in the blue zone. Bored as shit, looking like usual. Wow, Peter as, comatose as usual. Rit gets so <laughs> slammed for that sometimes. Ritster, get back well, on at least camera. You're not playing on your phone, so that's this good. Is, Rit. Rit has Rit gets up at the ass crack of dawn, and I I give him credit because there are nights you look very tired. Am I am I correct in that? Hey hey, as long as I did not look tired for the Kenny Shams interview, you that's did, all did that everybody. Did everybody catch that Kenny Shamrock interview? That was oh, a yeah. really good episode. Um, he did a good job. Six I weeks from now, that. we're having back on. It's already booked. Already booked. Ken Shamrock, part two. Uh, well, we, we might we might be signing a three part deal. Depends on how much uh, we can get through and if Freeland shows up or not. Well, no, that uh, was 50, that. 50. Hold on, that was a <laughs> that was a writ exclusive. That was a writ exclusive interview, and yeah. you did it very well. You are hey. a UFC guy. Hey, I might have to just do do this whole thing a writ exclusive. It could be. Oh. Freeland, I'll, I'll let you in the grill. Or we you can do Cult of Beardo 2.0. <laughs> I don't even have the t-shirt anymore. What What, ha oh, what happened to it? Did you? It, it, it's in route to book. You sent yeah, Boog. So you Boog hold on. A, I didn't even get one. I, I, I autographed it and sent it to him. You sent That's you awesome. sent Boog a five X T shirt. No, mine. It's a two X. Oh well, who had the? What was the five X one? That was Beardos. Beardos. 
Did he get it? Yeah, Mikey gave it to him. Oh, okay. Cool. Just asking. Just asking. There's only two T-shirts made, and he bothered me so much, I signed it and and mailed it to him. I autographed it. Is there any chance that you still have the logo if one of us wanted one? Like from, you know, us as the group, we could still get one made? Eh, we'll talk about it. I have it. We're talking yes. about it. Would you, would you like one, Anton? I have the logo. I'm just saying. Oh. I'm oh, oh, oh. So. Well, then, yeah. Then we can. We can. <laughs> I like that. I like so, DIY punk shit. I might make a fucking patch with my vest. It is a pretty cool logo. I like that. So Butt's looking good. He's uh, into brand new things going on with his career. He's excited. He's working hey, with Renegade. Hey, 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 not only that, look at this freaking shirt he's wearing. He is looking good with the Moondog Murray shirt. Yeah, buddy. Man. Oh, my God. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> 74 weeks. With no what, duty. What with type no of duty, shit though? is on your wall? Is, is, yeah. is, 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 is that a pregnant Otis doll? <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! Anyways, back to you, Freeland. Uh, back to me. What do you mean, back to me? You're doing an amazing job so far. So we've talked. Okay, l- l- let's just go right to the questions then. Listen Here's- here, fucking Kojak. That's enough of your shit. Oh! <laughs> uh, wow! Where wow! Tully Savalas, eat your heart out. Jesus. That's right. Yeah, draw a line on your head and look like an ass. <laughs> I love did, it. Did you know type what? In the questions. God damn it, but well, I hadn't uh, put the question in there. How about you talk to everybody, and I'll go ahead and put the question in. Oh. I want to talk to him. Fuck him. So, 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 Doc, what's been going on with you this week? Uh, I don't know. Just got the new Brock and dying in the heat. haircut. But, uh, uh, up the, yeah, the one I had like a year ago. Yeah, sure. Busy putting up those. His looks like videos? shit. Oh yeah, you know, doing doing what I can. Uh, you know, you appreciate no it. I that that's great. Oh. That's right. Yeah. And there will be a contest. Anybody that can watch back this entire episode and tell us what was wrong with the episode will okay. get a special gift. Special gift because there is something. There is what they call an Easter egg uh, that the Ritzer and I have deliberately put in this episode. What's so, wrong with it? No, not what's wrong with it, but what doesn't seem what's not the way the same. it was. What's, what's not, not the, the same? same? One of these things isn't like the other one. Cool. Liam doesn't give I'm gonna a shit. Figure it out. But you gotta watch it back from the beginning. So Okay. But but so Liam, everything else good your way? Uh, you know, just dying from the heat wave, and uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Fuck, who knows? Man, I, <laughs> I got out of work today, and it was ninety-one degrees. Like, yeah, that's, it's fucking boiling that's, here. That's without the humidity. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Yeah, it was a thirty. Four or thirty-five here today without the humidity. I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's not that's we don't know what that means. (laughs) It's hot. That's like that's like eighty-five ninety around there. Oh, okay. It was eighty-eight here with uh, it feels like ninety-seven. So, so so, but 
what are the like what you have to send over Renegade for the uh, the presentation, you know, for the tryout? Just had to send him one picture, and he's like, "Holy fuck, yep, you're the guy." <laughs> I, I asked him for a headshot. I had to take and... two pictures. <laughs> I took it even... all in, but, you know. I asked for a headshot, and I was expecting a picture of his face, but uh... but it's from the waist down. Yeah, really good lighting. Though, I have to say. It was. So, well, as you know, we're gonna how the panel works. Man, we, uh, points don't matter. Uh, Freeland will choose somebody to win at the end of the episode. And, like every uh, episode. Like every episode. Right. Liam Savage is zero and thirty-six. <laughs> I've been a finalist twice, though, dipshit. That's right. You have. So, but uh, here we go. All right. CM Punk debuts in AEW. Man, CM Punk debuted in AEW this past uh, week on Rampage. Opened the show. Uh, were the the ratings weren't out yet? Are they? The ratings yeah, did come out. Okay. And Freeland, would you like to uh, take it over from here? Sure. It was a one point one nine, which was. I want to say about 57% over uh, what they got last week, which was like 795,000. So they, they improved significantly. I thought it would be closer to 2 million. Um, maybe that was a little, you know, more than it might've been a little bit, but I mean, it was a big pop in the United center. And I think a lot of people were, were ready for it. And it was funny because they sold out the United center just on a rumor that he may be there. He wasn't even advertised, and it got sold out. Um, love to go around the horn here and ask everybody, what's your thoughts on CM Punk and the, his arrival? Was that uh, for the whole show, or was that for the quarter hour? No, that was for the whole show. That was what it, see, it got. I'm, I'm kind of curious what the quarter hour was, because that first 15 minutes, everybody's had to turn in just to see a glimpse at some point in time. True. So let, let, let's start to you, Rit, first. What would you think about the CM Punk uh, return to wrestling? Was it something that you thought was going to be more, or were you pretty happy with it? I was I was ecstatic about it. Uh, you know, I sit there and tweeted out different things, you know, that I thought would be funny to sit there and happen. But deep down, <laughs> everybody knew that CM Punk was coming back. You know, and they said it was the worst-kept secret it was for a reason they leaked it out there on purpose. Tony Khan is a man that's not going to disappoint uh, when it comes to signings like that. You know, when he says that, hey, he's got, you know, a big signing coming, he's not lying. He says he's got two more coming, you know. One's supposed to be at the anniversary show and then one after that. So, but uh, Punk, man, you, you just felt the emotion, you know, and you saw the emotion. When he came out, he had no idea what to expect. Seven years is a long time to be away. And, you know, from before this, the song even hit, the whole crowd was chanting CM Punk. That was had to be the loudest ovation, loudest crowd in recent memory. And when they the song actually hit and he came out, it got louder. Yeah, it did. And to see his emotion, like, man, he went and dove into the crowd. Like, man, that was amazing. 
no idea what he's going to say, but he told the truth. And wrestling, he left it uh, back in Ring of Honor, and he came back last Friday. Amazing interview. Afterwards with Tony Khan, amazing promo, an amazing moment. Because that's what we're here for. We're here for the moments in wrestling. Because those are the ones that live forever. Agreed. Very well said. Let's go to Renegade. Uh, what was your take on that, Renegade? CM Punk comes back. Uh, I mean, I know some people were excited about it. Some people were like, eh, yeah, not so much. What was your take on the whole thing? Were you excited that he came back? Or was it just, eh, just a guy coming back? Uh, I mean, it was exciting. I, I've never been a, a, a huge CM Punk fan myself, but I do respect his work um, and the things that he's capable of. And, and this was a big, a big thing for wrestling. Like Rich said, when was the last time you heard a reaction like this? Uh, so he was sorely missed, and this has been building for a long time, and we, you know, never knew if it was going to happen, but. So it was exciting to watch. I actually missed it. Uh, Rick told me it was going to be on, and uh, I went to check it out. But I, I caught the la- the last part of the show, expecting it was going to be later, and I missed the whole thing. So it was right at the beginning. Um, but when I watched it back, I was like, "Man, this is this is what wrestling missed. Moments like this, reactions like this." Uh, I actually heard that the rating was better than SmackDown, so that's a that's a plus as well. Yeah, no, I am with you on that one. I know a lot of people didn't necessarily get a chance to catch it live. A lot of people caught it on demand. Let me ask you this, Anton. CM Punk back, uh, something we didn't expect to see. Obviously, we don't know what his contract is going to look like. I'm assuming it's probably a a fairly lucrative one. Do you think he brings as much to AEW as what he did prior to leaving WWE? Yes, for the lapsed fan perspective, because I know there's a huge portion of people who did quit watching when he left. I also know that like my supervisor boss, who's a wrestling nerd, will tell you at one point in time he loved Punk, and now at this point he's like, with a lot of his dickish attitude, I could give a fuck less. But it's, I mean, I get the dickish attitude. I get a lot of it, especially when before, you know, drug use, life, etc. I wasn't straight edge, but... I resonated with that, still do. I showed that shit to my mom today, and it gave me goosebumps. And my mom hasn't actively watched wrestling since 99, 2000. Wow. She when Stone Cold popped on, Jerry Lawler, etc. But she quit watching wrestling well before Punk came along, but she always heard me talk about him. And the fact that my buddy who quit watching wrestling, who's my age for 20 years, watches it with his dad and his girlfriend, and I got him back into wrestling because of it, he was like, how big of a deal is this? It was like, huge fucking deal. He texted me at 9.02 as I'm brushing my teeth. He's like, first thing on TV's punk, and very first thing is that fucking pop. This has my attention. Told you. Fucking told you. You know, and I made the comment to him. He's a pro wrestler. You know, I like punk's little jab because it's not wrong. It's not as much as it's cutesy and fun, and I know Liam's going to hit this. It's not wrong, though. You know, Jericho said it. Moxley said it, etc. They take pro wrestling away from pro wrestlers. AEW at least goes here. What's your input? What's your creativity, etc.? Let's use that. Let's figure out how to use all of it, the old school way. Bullet points. Here you go. I'm excited. Like, it gave me goosebumps again today. You know, I've been watching wrestling 22-ish years, give or take 23, somewhere in that area that I can remember for sure. Still gave me goosebumps, and I'm like, that. 
moments like that are why I love pro wrestling. No, I agree. Couldn't have said it better. Uh, I love that shirt, by the way, that you got on. That is sweet. That is the Moondog Murray shirt, the official Moondog Murray shirt. I talked to Moondog this week. He is busy doing his thing with wrestling, but he will be back and joining us again in the very near future. We're excited about that and his big career. But let me ask you this, but CM Punk, I don't know if you were a big fan of his or you thought that he was at the level of maybe a John Cena at one point in time. What's your take on him now being back? Do you think that this is something the world has been waiting for? Or do you think that it's exciting, but it's probably going to die down soon? Um, I'd like to talk about something else, Freeland, if you don't mind. Uh, just flipping through Wait. the comments. I, uh, certain somebody's being a cockbag. Uh, it's unnecessary. Uh, we all razz each other here. Uh, we're all buddies. Us on the panel. Some in the comments. Some people shouldn't be making personal comments. If you're going to be a fucking douche canoe, won't just fly the fuck out of here. It's unnecessary. Uh, you probably know who I'm talking about. Hey, you should apologize or fuck right off. How about that? Uh, I'll gladly call you out by name if you want. I'm pretty sure you can probably fucking figure it out yourself, cock. So <laughs> now we'll get back to what we were talking about. Well said. Uh, CM Punk. Uh, huge pop. I was not a big CM Punk fan. Personally, I wasn't following wrestling too much at that point. Uh, he's obviously got a, a massive following after seven, eight years. He comes back and the place explodes. It's beautiful. It, as has been said, this is the, the passion and the love that we need in wrestling to, to draw it back get some more fans if it brings back people that that stopped watching when he left that's fantastic i personally don't understand that why you would stop because of one person but hey to each their own uh i just think it's fantastic that the reaction he got i am curious as to what his contract is uh, it will be interesting to see how much he's actually going to wrestle uh is he going to be traveling around to other organizations is he going to become more of a backstage trainer with a match here and a match there? Not so much in the ring, a hell of a lot just for an event type of thing. I'm intrigued and I'm excited about it. I like it. I like it. It's a really good perspective on that. I mean, he has things that he can bring to the table and work with some of the younger guys, yet he can still go out there and still perform and, and pop a huge crowd. Let's throw to handsome Doc Hendricks. Uh, what's your, what's your take on this? I know you're probably a little more lukewarm to the situation. Um, but what, what's your take this? Do you still think this is a big thing for AEW or do you think this is just, uh, we're just displaying another WWE guy out here? No, this is massive. It's, it's a little bit different than that because, uh, he's not just another WWE guy. He's the one person that WWE would have loved to have back and they just couldn't get him because, he just had too much personal conviction to say, you guys fucked me around in the end, and I don't want that. Uh, I'm just going to go with the pros and the cons. So the pros, there's only one con. So don't don't think I'm going to go on a fucking huge ramp. But uh, the pros, eh, the pros <laughs> were that um, that was one of the top three pops I think I can remember in the last over 20 years. It was like, 
it's that one. Uh, the one where Austin came out to help Mankind when he won the, the world title on Raw. Yes. Yep. And and uh, Sandman coming back at the ECW arena, which was like nuclear, but like still. This is uh, oh, amazing. Amazing pop. Uh, it's it's great for the industry. It's great for AEW. Uh, like I said, he's different than a, than a ex-WWE guy. Not the same thing. Um, the one con I did have was um, everybody Tony doing the Conner. whole, like, well, yeah, sure, <laughs> him too. Um, everybody jumps on a bandwagon a lot of times in wrestling fandom, and it's really annoying. So I'm going to I'm gonna just, like, call out the people that keep doing the, you know, the whole, I left Ring of Honor. I left wrestling when I left Ring of Honor, and now I come back to wrestling. Meanwhile, he's ignoring the whole timeline of when he was in WWE. So some people are like, oh, well, that's sports entertainment, so blah, blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what they call it, but it is wrestling. And if he hadn't have been there, would he ever have had UFC? No. Would he have been a millionaire? No. Would he have all the film projects he has now? No. So, and I get it. In the end, he was fucked around, and his health was compromised and all that. I totally get that. But this, you know, this whole narrative that, like, you know, well... He was, uh, there was a whole dark period there where he didn't exist and now he's reappeared again. Like, that's fucking stupid. I'm just so sick of it. Like, just people need to think for themselves and just come up with their own opinions on it. I was saying to the group chat, I was hoping when I was watching it live, I was saying, I really hope he doesn't slam WWE. And then, like, of course, like a minute later, he did that line. So, as long as he can try to avoid that and it's not the constant, like, you know, thing Mirage. that AEW does where they do the brass ring, all this crap, it, you know. Just try to distance yourself. Try not to bring it up. Just try to be your own people. No. That's all I hope for. I agree. Very, very good point. Um, Ritster, want to go and throw this at you here. Um, WWE SummerSlam. Big, big event this past weekend. What were your thoughts on it? Now, a lot of different things were happening there. Uh, we saw a lot of returns. We saw some kind of unexpected things happening. Um, and some things that are still making people scratch their head. So what was your take on the event as a whole? And was there anything that stood out to you? Uh, a lot of things stood out to me. Uh, most of them were trying to get that quick fix. Uh, in my opinion, that's what Vince was trying to do. Try, trying to do whatever he can to try to gain eyes on him. And I don't think it worked at all. Yeah. Uh one of my more favorite matches on there was the uh, Sheamus match with um, uh, what is his name now? Damian Priestley. Yep, Damian Priest. Yeah, and I really enjoyed that one. That was and and that was one of the you know first ones I seen. Yeah, I, I like Damian Priest. I, I think he he's a he's a good he's got a look. And he's got the talk, and he just he has that look of a star, and and it's kind of embarrassing that that match, in my opinion, was one of the better ones, you know, on the card. Charlotte winning the title again for what? Like I have no idea what what is does the Raw women's roster have to gain with her getting championship night number three hundred sixty six? Mm-hmm. You know. You had uh, Nikki Cross, who was doing a fine job, you know, as a woman's champion. 
you had uh, Rhea Ripley, who is the future of women's division. Why? Then you have on the SmackDown side, the women's match, you have absolutely no reason why Sasha wasn't there. None given. You kept advertising that all the way through and including in the show. Yeah, they knew nine days before that that she was not going to be there, and they continued to do that. Once again, they did it with Charlotte Flair in Charlotte. They continued. She was supposed to have a three-way dance. That didn't happen. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's certain things that that company does that just kind of rubs people the wrong way. But if you know nine days out, um, Brian Alvarez was talking about they knew nine days that she was not going to be performing, and they still kept bringing her up. And they brought her up in the introductions, and it's like yeah. th- that, that's a bit much. And, and, and then to – bring her out there to go you know with against Carmella they could have had that match they, they, they could have you know had the match you know even though it was the ninth time that she faced Carmella since you know April <laughs> so well, why not have her you know go over again and then have Becky Lynch come out afterwards the the, the state she wants that match and then build that up no you sit there and you derailed Bianca Belair after you build her up for so long. Why? If you're going to build somebody up, well, why are you going to derail them you know, less than three seconds? Yeah. Good point. So that's horrible. No, I'm then, with you. Then you got probably uh, I enjoyed to a certain degree the Bobby Lashley match with him and Goldberg because you got exactly what you paid for. Two two gladiators just beating the hell out of each other. You know? And then you had... And I thought it was the second best match on the card behind Sheamus and, and Damian. Edge and, or, uh, Edge and uh, Seth Rollins. It was a really good match. Really it, good it, match. It, it was. I'm not taking nothing against those two. You know, solid match. But I still say the Sheamus match I enjoyed more. To go to the main event, to have seen in Roman Reigns, and then you bring Brock back. Like, that just shows you. Is that telling the fans all these budget cuts were to bring Brock Lesnar back? You know, you released how many people? How many people you released for budget cuts? And now I'm not. I don't know Brock's, you know, payday. But I know huge. Brock, I know Brock doesn't do nothing cheap. No, Brock's first class all the way. Minimum dates. Private max, plane, Canadian money, farm. Yeah. You know. So, but to have him come back at the end, I think that was a huge, huge reach for Vince to counteract CM Punk because. I think Vince, in my opinion, threw the farm at him for money-wise because Vince might have thought, hey, if I don't do it, maybe Tony Khan will. I like it. I agree. Uh, Let's go ahead and throw it to Renegade. Renegade, what was your take on SummerSlam? I mean, there's so many things to talk about here. You know, Sasha Banks not being there, Bianca Belair getting smashed for no apparent reason, Becky Lynch coming back, now she's heel, we all suppose. She wins a championship in less than 
what, five seconds? Um, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with the writ on this kind of stuff. It seems like they were doing a lot of counter-punching instead of being on the offense. What was your take? I can agree with that. Um, I think, you know, the Bianca thing was, was so disappointing. And, and I can see the setting up of, of Becky being a heel because of uh, how she beat her. Was it like a punch in the back of the head or something like that? During the handshake or something? Yep, a, a stiff a stiff punch, and then she uh, dropped her. Yeah. So, yeah, it certainly looks like how they're going to they're gonna set that up. Um, yeah, there might have been a few good matches, but I don't watch pay-per-views anymore. And I think even if I watched them for free, it'd be a waste of my money. But it, it, they just – they're just awful. <laughs> they are all – they – I, so I read them. I, I look them up and read them afterwards, and it and it reads like a used piece of toilet paper. That's how it reads to me. It's awful. Holy fuck! It, it is. Goddamn. It, you know, <laughs> it was cool to see Brock come back, but does it make sense? Is it? Is it? You know, where's that going to go? Uh, Cena's returns just seemed useless and uh, uh, unnecessary because of how it turned out. And not that he was going to win, but it just, you know, that whole buildup was ridiculous and stupid anyway. Uh, but, well, I think he even said in one of the promos on SmackDown that his contract wasn't even legally binding. So what was the point of doing all that? Uh, what else? Yeah, I, I would say the, the Sheamus match was, was would have been good. At, at least it sounded good because I don't watch it, but. And I heard that the Edge and Seth Rollins match was good, which I would have expected. Uh, and the build-up to that was pretty cool too. Uh, I just these, yeah. I think I think they were overreaching, and I think they were trying really hard to uh, to, to bring some attention to themselves and take away from Punk. And, and, and I just think they misstepped in just about every uh, way they could. Anton. Um... SummerSlam. I mean, obviously, it still had a big, big gate. Um, I think it has been debunked that it was Fantastic. not 51,000. I mean, it was still on the 45, 46,000, which yeah. is fine. I mean, you have you have the WWE inflation of numbers, uh, which is to be expected. But it was still a... Get, so there's... It was still ahead. a big no, show. I don't still a big play. show and still some, some good matches. What was your takeaway from all of it? So I actually watched it like part of it as it was going on and the rest of it the following day when I got in from work. It them trying to make it mania, I get it with the crowd capacity and etc. Didn't feel like mania. SummerSlam is SummerSlam. No matter what the fuck you do, not gonna have the fucking mania, you know, kaposh, the fucking capability, that magic that's there with mania where it almost doesn't matter what you do it's fucking mania we accept it can't you can't do that with SummerSlam. i get that they tried it etc it's not the same it doesn't work i get the fucking Rhea and charlotte thing the fucking 360th title win the trying to make her the female rick flair we discussed all of that last week so i'm not even gonna rehash it been there done it it's it is what it is um I haven't been a fan of Goldberg really since 03 when he came back for his 03 one because I was, you know, in elementary school, early teenage years, etc. I accepted it, loved it for what it was. As a 28-year-old adult, I fucking hate it. Retire. Get over it. Don't care. You you don't amuse me. 
Like everything you've done, I end up hating. This is the one exception because it was actually half-ass decent, but they had to end it on a fuck finish. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is the longest Goldberg match I've ever seen, short of his shit with Triple H, other than the time Rick, uh, William Regal scored his ass in WCW with Steven Regal. So, good point. Just is what it is. Um, I don't hate the fucking Becky shit as a heel, but I do hate it because, again, it's counter-programming. It's like when Austin got hit in 99. They advertised it that whole fucking time, which Bruce says they didn't know when he was going to be out until the night and day before. But it's bait and switch, for a lack of a better term, because that's not what it is, but it is what it is. For a lack of a better term, it's bait and switch. <laughs> And it is totally counter-programming in every sense of the word. And if people don't see it or think it, they're wrong. Because Vince does do his best work from the bottom, but he's not on the bottom yet. He's still on top and saying they aren't competition while programming that they are competition. So it's one of those things that like I'm more aware of the actions than the words. Because it's actions speak louder than words. You're saying one thing to your conference calls and your investors and etc. And then you're doing a whole other when it's time for your showtime. Very true. I agree. Well put. But uh, SummerSlam, the biggest night of the summer. Did it deliver for you? Did it? No. Uh... <laughs> that was a quick response. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Just no. It was, no. It was okay. At best, um, Charlotte Flair, come on, fuck me. How many times is this going to happen? Well, you're going to have to run enough. that past Renegade first if you want that to happen. But, yeah, uh... we need to get that in the contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'll see what I can do. Jesus, how many times are we going to have to go down that road? It's time to move on. Uh, enough's enough. Yeah, it's, she's Ric Flair's kid. She's good, no doubt. But enough's enough. People have had their fill. Let's let's get somebody else in. Uh, Becky Lynch turning heel. I don't care. One way or the other. Her winning in like four seconds, that was dumb. It, it makes uh, uh, Belair look terrible. It Even does. though she lost by a cheap shot, doesn't make any difference. She was she was supposed to be your one of your up-and-coming studs taking over everything, and she gets dummied in a couple seconds. Why? It doesn't help anything. Uh, Becky Lynch doesn't need something like that to make herself go over. They could have done that in an actual match. Still cheated to win, but not just destroy uh, Belair. And uh, for regards to the only match I really liked on it, there was two matches, I guess. I enjoy the... Um, uh, RK Bro match. Uh, okay. That real drives me absolutely nuts. But I do like Randy Orton. That was a decent match. Honestly, I enjoyed that. And as much as it pains me to say, the Goldberg match was great. They just fucked up the finish. They could have yeah. done something better than that. That was horseshit. Yeah, the ending was a little weird with MVP hitting Goldberg with uh, his cane in the knee. Like, come on now, guys. Like, at least get a decent finish in this. It, you know, if, if Goldberg is going to do the job, then let him do the job. But, like, it almost feels like they're trying to build this towards something else with his son Gage coming in the ring, and then, I don't know. Very if interesting. If you're going to have it end from a, a cheap shot with a weapon, a fucking king? Come on, yeah. crack him in the head with it. A chair shot. 
Make him bleed. You know, it's got to be something worthwhile. You don't know. You don't need to be a psychopath, Freeland, and make somebody bleed all the time. <laughs> That's unnecessary. Uh, Sometimes for Dustin Runnels. <laughs> but no, but you got to do something better than a cane shot to the knee. It, right. It just that was weak. I didn't enjoy that, and they kind of dropped the ball on that. I agree. Very good. Let's go ahead and throw it to your Canadian counterpart. Um, what did you What did you think about this? I mean, you've heard everyone else's take on SummerSlam so far, and there's there's rightful uh, frustration. I think it's rightfully placed. Um, we I think we also gave credit where credit is due. What's your take on this whole thing? Do you think that people are being maybe a little too critical on the show, or what? Uh, maybe in some respects. Um, full transparency, I didn't see it. Uh, I, I, I kind of forgot it was on and then I just saw some results and I went, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, sounds about right. And that was about it. But, uh, um, I, I do have some quick thoughts. So, um, really happy for, uh, Damien Priestley as, uh, Rick called him. Uh, I'm sure his brother Jason is, uh, Jason's really happy brother, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, that's pretty cool. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad Jason's brother had a, has a title now. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> So, He's not even paying attention. There's a shocker. Yeah, yeah. Maybe hold on. Maybe hold on. Let's, phone. let's let's go back to him. Hey, <laughs> playing so, a fucking Candy Crush. T- tell him, tell him about it. What? Tell him what he got wrong, uh, Liam. Uh, you refer to Damian Priest as Damian Priestley, the uh, <laughs> brother of Jason Priestley from Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> who's Canadian? Hey. Just for the record. Hey, hey. Wow. <laughs> And I'm not paying attention because uh, breaking news uh, on September 10th at 8 o'clock for the AA, uh, PPW uh, week-long WrestleMania uh, wind-up, we just signed uh, Joey Martinez with Mr. Rude to uh, uh, battle out with, on the mic, Bro Keller. Whoa! Look at this. The man, the Adam Schefter of FRM, getting it done right now. We'll check back in with you later on. Keep going with the Candy Crush. Uh, so can continue on with that. By the way, 90210, didn't Jungle Boy's dad, wasn't he on that show? Luke Perry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. it all comes Dylan. full circle. Oh, yeah. Please, he has um, please continue. Yeah, lucky him. Uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> what else? Oh, shit. Um, what else? Uh, let me see. There was, uh, fuck. Okay, the Becky Lynch thing, that was fucking stupid because, you know, that just made Bianca Belair look like complete shit. Uh, you know, beating her in 20 seconds. I mean, come on, fuck. Could have done a lot better with that. I, I understand Sasha Banks has COVID or something, but, and I, I understand why they, in a way, why they didn't you know, announced she wasn't there because they're trying to swerve everybody. I get that, but it's, you know. Uh, Charlotte Flair, she won the title because Nikki Cross isn't fucking over and nobody likes her. So that's why she won the title. It's pretty easy to figure out. I'm not saying it's, like, the greatest thing in the world, but Charlotte Flair is better than most of the talent in the whole company, so fuck it. Uh, what else? Um, Edge and... Uh, what's his nuts? Uh... <laughs> Seth Rollins, right. That guy. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Black, right. Him against Tyler Black. Uh, so so uh, that I actually wanted to see, and I don't know who won, and I, you know, at this point I don't care because whatever. And uh, 
who's the other match? Uh, Roman Reigns against Cena. That actually, yes. I wanted to see that. I I wanted to see that, uh, and I didn't because I didn't watch pay per view, as I said. But um, I think it's important that Roman Reigns went over because yes. uh, you want to keep his momentum going, which is good. Uh, Cena can draw people in. That's great. The uh, the only other one I can remember is Goldberg winning the title. And I'm just thinking, fuck, man. You want to piss some people off? Good job, guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why they keep, you know, doing shit like this. Like, he doesn't need the title. He's only got two more dates left, I think. So he's going to hold Good. the title for, what, another three months? And then, like, maybe hold it for another three months after that and then drop it before his contract's done? Like, holy shit, guys. Come on. Hold on. We have a That's rebuttal here. Oh boy. No, so I agree with that shit. What I was going to make a comment about was the brood shit because I forgot about it. So he oh, should have yeah. went full fucking brood. Like, I liked the transition. It was cool. I get it. But fuck, at that point, you should have just rolled full on. Full. Travis made the comment in this group chat, too, in our FRM group fucking Twitter chat. He said the same thing. He's like, I wish he would have just went full fucking brood. Not the blood spitting part, but the rest of it. Like, just fucking kept it. Don't transition music. Keep the sunglasses. Keep it all. Just fucking roll with it. Also, I loved the video package for that whole lineup where they were talking about Edge having black blood and how the blood they dropped from the sky, old school brood style, wasn't red. Like in the late 90s, early 2000s in WWFE or the way Russo was doing it in WCW, it was black. And I was like, huh. And I get it. I, you know, the PG thing, the corporate company, public traded, etc. They're not trying to piss off sponsors and investors and people on their board and, you know, stockholders. But I was like, huh, just it's, it's the little shit. Sometimes I notice it really is the little shit. But and sometimes it's a little stuff that that means it's everything. Makes difference. Yes, it, it makes, makes a huge difference. difference. Yep. Back to you, Freeland. No, I got I don't fucking know what to say anymore. I had lost my train of thought. So I'm sorry. That's okay. So so obviously SummerSlam was interesting. Uh, you know, we have different views on what we liked, what we didn't like, etc. I think we can talk about that until the proverbial cows come home. But let's go ahead and let's just do a rapid fire real quick here. Becky Lynch returning. Um, Becky Lynch returning. I liked. Becky Lynch returning in this way, I did not like. Uh, Once again, let's go to Renegade. Uh, Becky Lynch returning in the way things end up turning out. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Give me your your quick thoughts. Well, thumbs up in the return, uh, thumbs down in the squashing of Bianca. Excellent. Ass man. Same. Like it. Liam. Same. And Anton. Four for four. Yes. (laughs) I mean... We hit it. We already. We all fucking hit that. We yeah. all. It was a unanimous decision. Speaking of unanimous decisions, Brock Lesnar with his uh, home improvement haircut, uh, <laughs> which has been mentioned multiple times on social media. I, I forget the name of the actor. What is the name of the actor? He was the older, the eldest son. Well, Brad um, was the character name. Yeah, he was Brad. Uh, but anyway, the haircut, like when he was, um, when I saw him on social media, he was doing this whole meat cutting thing, yep. and which was fine. I couldn't tell, but then he decided to cut his hair kind of weird, kind of like he's going through a teenage phase, even though he's not. Um, anyway, oh, I see how it is. I see how it is. Your your <laughs> your thoughts. We're gonna first start off with a renegade. Brock Lesnar, man bun, Liam. No, I don't think he. No, let's, let's get a let's get a good. Up. Let's get a good tight shot here. See, so, look, it's Liam's got pro wrestler hair. 
See, it's t Lee's it's tied up. It's like here. just okay. it's cascading nice. down ever so ever so delicately. Yeah, it's like a it's like a waterfall. It's like the yes, RVD haircut. Yes. Nice. Yeah. It's like sure. the RVD haircut. Uh, oh, let, let's go to waterfall. let's go to Renegade first. Brock Lesnar coming back. Ultimately, big picture here. Good move. Thumbs up. Not good move. Thumbs down. I like it. I think it's a good move. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Ass man, what do we think? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Yeah, I'm in the middle. Your like thumbs I, in the middle? Yeah, okay. I don't care one way or the other. All right. Um, let's go to Brad. Brad, what you got? Brad? <laughs> what the fuck is Brad? <laughs> Doc Hendricks, Liam, whatever you want to call what do, what do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down? I have down. two names tonight. I, I don't care. Who gives a fuck? Who gives Next. a fuck? That's great. I love it. Go ahead to great clips. Yeah, Brad, Brad doesn't like it. Yeah, Brad doesn't like it. Uh, Whoever thumbs, the fuck Brad is. <laughs> thumbs in the middle for Anton. So, so I think we're, we're kind of split on this one. Um, do we get a custody of Paul Heyman on a pole match? Ooh, that no. would be interesting. What do we think Paul Heyman is going to do? Let's go ahead and learn to renegade first. Uh, do you think he's going to swerve a screw and do, do a swerve job here with uh, – with the head of the table, and uh, go ahead and go back with Brock, or do you think it? No, we think he's 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 going to stay with Roman. Uh, I think he's going to stay with Roman, um, just for storyline purpose. I don't know if how long Brock's going to be here for. If it's for one pay per view, if it's going to be for a stretch of time. But I think he stays with with Roman to help you know further him along more. I like it, Anton. What do you think about this one right here? So uh, the one thing I noticed, other than you know they cut off before Brock destroyed Cena for the go home for the crowd, is uh, I noticed Heyman that towering yeah. in the corner with the belt. Anyone notice that? Again, yes. The little, the little shit, the little things that get my interest and attention, and Paul Heyman is notorious for that. And I, you know, again when Res Lesnar showed up in 02, he was the next big thing. We all knew it from the day we saw him for the first time. It's like. Holy shit, I can buy this. Kind of like Braun in the beginning. Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, we know he's big money. We know he's going to be in and out. But, I mean, he's willing to fucking do business. He's willing to fucking, you know, put other people over. So I accept that. You know, just like the Punk thing. I hope that Punk pulls the Terry Funk role and, you know, his first matches with Darby. I hope it's about putting over younger people. He realizes he's now that part-timer, big-time money that he fucking hated when he left. So don't do that. I, we expect that with WWE. I'm fine with it. I'm excited to see what they do with Heyman more than anything because I don't really give a shit about the Lesnar thing. I like Reigns as a heel, but to me, the most interesting part is what the fuck Heyman's going to do because we've Ooh. seen him screw fucking Lesnar for Big Show in 0203. Mm -hmm. You know, just again, the little things and the shit that I remember, I know y'all do, but your average fan forgets about. True. Uh, but uh, if we remember this, uh, gosh, the last time that Paul Heyman screwed over Big Show or uh, screwed over uh, Brock Lesnar, wasn't Big Show, wasn't it? I want to say it was like either Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. Survivor Series, 02 or 03 in Madison Square Garden. He was wearing like a black wife yes. beater, and I think he had a cast on at the time. Maybe yes. not. Maybe, yes. maybe And not. Big Show had that short dad haircut, like cop flat top bullshit yes, going on. Yes, with the Fu Manchu. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yes, Su- sir. Super, super circle K creepy. Um, what is your what is your take on this one? Uh, do, do you are you excited about this? Do you think that Paul Heyman is going to swerve uh, Roman and go back with Brock? What's your take? Uh, no, Heyman's staying with Roman. Uh, Roman's a long term plan. Brock's short term. I mean, I don't even know how much you're going to see him around right now. Uh, here in Canada, we're going into hunting season. And Brock's a big hunter up here in Canada. He's yeah. got that big and property up in um, up around Winnipeg somewhere, I think it is, or Saskatchewan. Man- think. Manitoba. So he's got a big hunting property up there, and he's a huge hunter. That's what he lives for. The hunting season starts actually in about three weeks for waterfowl. Yeah. So how much is he going to be around? You're a hunter, but let me ask you this. Is it unfair for Brock to have a weapon? Do you think he should just go out after the deer and grab them and F5 them? Do you, do you think Brock just does that hand-to-hand combat, or do you think he uses a weapon? A bow. I'm, I'm going to assume he uses a, a rifle. That's what I use for the most right. part. Uh, life's a lot easier. You get them within 250 yards, and they're done. Uh, I've never tried to wrestle a whitetail. doesn't strike me as a good idea. Uh, I mean, I consider myself to be a uh, a fairly rugged man, but I'd, I'd lose, get my ass kicked. That's something to talk about on the Tuesday night show. Would you yeah. wrestle a bear? No. Yeah, you wouldn't wrestle a bear even with a Why? muzzle? No. Okay. Fair enough. Why would I do I mean, that? You're not Bob Harley. I mean, you're sure. not Bob Harley or Bradshaw, but I just had to ask you. Like mm-hmm. I ex- No. I think you're that hardcore. I ex- I would expect you to wrestle a bear in your, like your 20s when you were drunk, not now. So, yeah, when, like when I was oh, when I was younger, <laughs> yeah, I but I did. A lot okay, of see, stuff. I'm not wrong. <laughs> However, now I'm 42 and I'd be laid up for a month. Just it doesn't take much anymore. I'm, I'm old and beat up. I can't do dumb shit like that I'll as much. Let Let's go ahead and throw it over to uh to to. What what are we calling you this week? Handsome Doc Hendricks. Well, Handsome Doc <laughs> Hendricks. Uh, the Brock Lesnar situation. Do you think that Heyman's going to stay with Roman, or do you think he's ultimately going to go back with Brock? What's your take on this? Or do you even think it even matters into the storyline? All I'm concerned about really is how uh, Paul Heyman is morphing into the second reincarnation of uh, Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> and he keeps going to the buffet. Like that's all I'm. With. I love it. Good evening. That's all oh, I'm. Oh my god. He'd that's about all I'm. He'd make a great penguin in Batman. That too. Oswald Cobblepot. Uh, let's go ahead and let's move it to our next topic. So the big show says uh, that he was supposed to be in the movie The Gladiator with Russell Crowe, but WWE nixed it. Um, we've been covering this story for a while since it broke. Uh, Renegade, what's your thoughts on this after getting to dig a little bit into uh, the research behind this? What's your take? Was he going to be the thing they let out of the cage to fight the gladiators? It might have been. Probably. Probably. Yeah, I would pay to see that. Um, you know, I'm not sure why they did it or what his reasons were. I, I did not check this out. But... Uh, it's kind of weird because that was around the time they were letting The Rock do like uh, the mummy and stuff, right? Yeah, Scorpion King and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Right. So it's kind of odd that they wouldn't let him or, or would block him from doing so. Uh, 
which you would think that they would want that kind of exposure and, and having their stars in. and especially that movie it's a, it's a big classic so uh that, that one's a little bit of a head scratch yeah no i agree with you on that one uh anton i mean you would think i mean conventional wisdom says hey let's get our stars out there let's get them in movies it's obviously good for business however in this case they decided to put a halt on this what's your take so isn't it roughly the same time period in which Austin was supposed to be in Universal Soldiers and for their, the person they had doing the groundwork, the agency, whatever, they said no before Austin actually got the offer and then Austin was told, you know, no, that WWE said no, but it was actually this agency and then fucking Goldberg got the role in Universal Soldiers and they gave Goldberg a shit ton of money even though he had no acting experience and they tried to say Austin would have got less because he had no acting experience. Isn't this that same time frame? No. I think it. I think it was because didn't Goldberg at one point did he come out to Megadeth's Crush Him, which was a part of that movie yes. the soundtrack? I, I knew Liam would know, and so would yes. Matt Cook. But yeah, so you know because that slightly escapes my age range. But I remember Universal Soldiers, hey, and I remember hey, Gladiator. What are you hey, trying no, to say? You trying to call I'm me old? I'm, no, I'm 27, motherfucker. You know this. Like my. I was like six in that time frame. Whoa! I get hot shit. about it. Yeah, look yeah, at I this guy. I remember a lot of shit, but not everything. That's I'm just jealous because I'm not young. I'm jealous because I'm not young hey, and I have your I'm looks. I'm an old soul. I should be y'all's age. So. Yeah, but you got you got good young genetics. Oh, my God. But no, it's a very good point, though. Very, so, very good point. That, that's, that's really the main thing I can think of. I would have loved the big show being the beast out of the fucking cage because I remember going to see Gladiator as a kid. Like... It, that might actually make me watch that movie more as an adult because I love Waterboy kind of for that same dynamic of I love seeing Big Show as Captain Insano. And when my sister's dad was still in the federal prison, when insane shit would happen or people were doing weird shit, my sister's dad would say Captain Insano shit. Like, I'm serious. And we still, when insane shit happens, we're like, oh, that Captain Insano shit? So we use Big Show as a punchline <laughs> and a reference in life. So, because so I mean, it is what it is. And he'll look at when I was a kid, he would look at me and go, Oh, my mama said, my mama said, because I would always bring up, Hey, mom said, don't do that. Mom said, don't do this. And he would give me shit going, My mama said, my mama said. So, Big Show's a walking punchline to me for 20 plus years. So, it is what it is. And I'm glad that I got all of y'all to fucking pop for that. That's awesome. So, that yep. is awesome. We're, we're going to throw it to uh, the butt if he can compose himself. Yes. Should we move on? Yep. Okay, we're going to move on. We're going to throw it over to uh, handsome Doc Hendricks here. Uh, did you know, have any idea about that as far as that nope. he was, you know, considered to be part of that movie? And then all of a sudden, well, I find it interesting that we find these stories out like well after the fact. Yeah, but, but they have a history of doing that, though. Like they, they've done that. I was listening to a podcast a while ago with a, I, I think it was a former WWE talent, and he was saying something about how, like, he was considered for it was like the one of the Marine sequels or something, and then uh, and then I guess they said, "Oh well, you know, you're probably not going to be doing that." And then he said, "Oh okay," and then they ended up giving it to another wrestler or something. It was just something something weird. Like it was just a really stupid decision. It was like, "Oh well, your star power isn't as good" or something. So I think it was Randy Orton actually, and uh, that's well, Orton was, was a Marine. Yeah, yeah. He was he was a from the Marines or dishonorably, so that's why they had a Anton. I have no idea who it was, though. Anton. Yes, he was in the movie Hocus, <laughs> Hocus Pocus. Focus. It's time to focus. Sorry. Let okay. other people talk. <laughs> oh yes, my god! 
Well, but that's look, why it, the sign's there. That's why the sign's there. So, yeah. yeah, interesting. But who else was in some of those movies? Wasn't uh, Teddy Biasi Jr. in like the Marine 7 or something? Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was like my favorite one. So, yeah, me too. One oh, of my, okay. One of my all time favorites. Let's go ahead and let's throw it back to uh, Renegade. Renegade, how you doing, bud? Just fine. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of look like Adam Cole. Do you realize that? If you shaved your face, it, it, you would have a little Adam Cole in you. <laughs> God, that Ugh. didn't sound right. God damn. <laughs> That's another uh, movie. Where's Moon Dog? That, that film I did. Where's Moon Dog? Let me ask you this. Adam Cole uh, leaving Sting. We don't quite know yet. Uh, all indications are saying that he is not yet signed uh, a new contract at WWE. He becomes a free agent as of Friday. I would assume at midnight uh, slash Saturday morning or however that works. But what's your take on this? Do you think he's going to leave or you think he's going to stay? Oh, what he's going to do, I don't know. I do know WWE is go probably going to make a huge push to keep him. I think they'll scramble around and try and get some deal done either by Friday or before. Um, but boy, I sort of feel like the smart move is to leave. Honestly, um, go to AEW. Uh, I think I think the future for him is brighter there. Uh, I think uh, Ritz said something earlier about uh, they re-sign him and then what? Three six months later, they cut him because he earns too much and they want to do budget cuts again. So, you know, I, I honestly think that it's more stable over there. Uh, his future would be brighter. I think he fits better over there, honestly, than staying in WWE. No, I agree with you. Uh, we talked about this a little earlier, but it's hard to exactly pinpoint what's going to happen because so many times before we, we thought somebody was going to go, but then they didn't. And they decided to stay for more money. We know that he's good friends with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Obviously, that plays a big factor as well. But we know that he's not going to stay in NXT. Obviously, NXT is going to go through this rebuilding phase. Um, so let's just play devil's advocate. Say he goes to the main roster. If he were, which brand do you think he would most likely fit in the best at? SmackDown for whatever reason. Like, yeah. I don't know why, but SmackDown. Okay. And furthermore, Vince is like, he's not Ziggler. He's not Shawn Michaels light. He's not Billy Gunn light. Like he borrows things from them, but he's not a total ripoff. Like Ziggler's good. Ziggler doesn't get the credit he deserves, but he's forever going to be known as Shawn Michaels light. Yes. Cole looks more like that and works more like that, even more so somehow, but he, he's smaller. He's small enough that he gets that bypass, but that bypass wouldn't happen on the main roster. Vince would be a douchebag. <laughs> it's for, you know, lack of better phrasing. Vince would be a dick. We've seen what he's done with everyone fucking else. Why would that be any different? Why? I I hope he does leave. I, because 90% of his friends are in another place. You know, fuck it. You've hit a glass ceiling. Go do more. Bet on yourself. You know, because sometimes that's really all you fucking can do. It truly is. If you want to actually grow, it's worth the risk. You yeah. Know, because that shit you're scared of and et cetera, that'll actually cause you to grow. Not staying in a comfort zone where you go, oh, fuck it. I have money. 
Wow, that was a deep and very meaningful response to that. I like that. Very good. It gives you something to think about outside of wrestling. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but let me ask you this. Let's say he did stay. Who would you want to see him work with? I mean, would, would a Shinsuke uh, no. program work? Would a Cesaro program work? Would a Seth Rollins program work, you think? Is there anything that would, as a as if, if the, you are a WWE fan, if you were, would you want to see him work with anyone? Or would you say, I don't really see any of them being good fits? Well, there's plenty of good fits. Uh, however, if he goes to the main roster, he's done. Career suicide. So he either needs to stay in NXT or he needs to kick stones down the road. He can't go to the main roster. It's been proven time and time and time again. If he does that, he's finished. He'll be the next Keith Lee. Eric Young. Just not yeah, Eric Young. Nobody's ever got gone up and got over, really. Not for an extended duration. Every time I, I hear Keith Lee, my heart just sinks because it's like, shit. It's terrible. If he were to go to the main roster in a dream situation to where he wouldn't get crucified, uh, Cesaro would be fantastic. Uh, I think that'd be great. Um, Randy Orton. Yeah. Randy Orton could wrestle with anybody. He's fantastic. You're a big fan of The Miz, aren't you? I do like The Miz. I think that could be dynamite. Uh, Ziggler could be dynamite. Um, Hold on, hold on. It could be what? (laughs) I didn't realize I said that. Yeah, well, you did. Subliminal right there. Fantastic. Uh Um, Nice one, bud. I don't... I'm tired of seeing... AEW scoop up WWE, former WWE talent. I just, okay, the more so- it happens, the more I worry it's going to become WCW. I just don't want to see that because, well, that didn't pan out well. Okay, so let me ask you this. Let's flesh this out for a second. Are you worried that would become WCW 2.0 because they would focus more on those guys and not their homegrown people and that people would get lost in the shuffle, kind of like TNA did when they brought in Hogan Bischoff and all these other goofs when they forgot about the AJs and the Joes and the Kazarians and everybody else? Do you think you're thinking it would be something like that? Well said. There's only so many spots. There's only it's, so much TV time. Yes. And that's just a fact. There's only so much time. And when you got, they have a big roster now. They're getting loaded up. And realistically, you have your, your Dynamite Wednesday night, uh, Rampage Friday nights. I don't ever see that. It's on too late for me. But that's really it. Uh, don't give me the dark and whatever the other one is, Elevation. Nobody watches that. Really, that's that's always going to be a developmental thing. It's going to be your, your lower tier, uh, your people that are learning. And that's not to disparage them. That's just the way it is. And if, if your main shows are always going to be your same people, and then you're bringing a big name and they're there, that means they're your younger talent or people you should be developing in-house or a step further back. That's what I'm concerned with. No, and it's it's a very good reason to be concerned. I think you've laid out your argument very well. Um, Liam, so Adam Cole, we talked about it earlier on the show. Obviously, 
he could go to a new place and do things that he hasn't had a chance to do. Obviously, that quote-unquote forbidden door is open, so he could go back to New Japan. He could do some stuff with people who are in Impact Wrestling, uh, like a Josh Alexander, if you will, or uh, Hakeem Zayn, if you will. So there's options there. Um, He could do stuff with Moose. He could do stuff with Sammy Callahan. There's things that he could do. He could rejoin Bullet Club because it looks like New Japan is going to be doing some Bullet Club stuff with AEW. There's a lot of opportunities. Do you think it's more appealing for him to do these things when your bump card only has so many bumps? Would you rather spend him in WWE or would you rather spend him somewhere else? He's he's trying to um, be part of something different and WWE is not the hot topic right now. So he really loves NXT. Uh, I mean, I used to, it's, I don't get what they're trying to do these days. Uh, well, you know, there's a few things I guess that are all right, but I, you know, but him, if he ended up like going to AEW, like what's the point, you know, it's like, he's, he's just gonna, they, they keep, they, they always try to pride themselves on, we're not trying to, you know, have talent from WWE and all that, and then they end up, like, loading up with talent from WWE, and I, I, God knows how many people. And, um, you know, I, I think it'd be good for him to go to somewhere like Impact, make make himself the head honcho in Impact, uh, make himself the head honcho in somewhere like MLW. Do something different. Go back to ROH, you know? Do something different. It doesn't always have to be AEW because, you know, the more people they sign from WWE or cast us, whatever you want to call it, it just makes it worse. It makes them look worse. It makes them look like, well, if we didn't sign all these people, who would we have? We'd have some people from the Nightmare Factory. Who gives a fuck? You know, it's, you know, it's a lot of them I don't even think are that great anyways. So, I mean, that's just me. That's just my opinion. But you have to differentiate yourself and i think if adam cole shows something different that'd be great but i i can't see him staying in wwe much longer uh if he did go to the main roster yeah there'd be some good matches there but i mean what, what's the what's the ceiling cap right it's like you know he, he could only do it for so long and then he'd probably get buried like every other person he he doesn't take his look seriously enough like his hair looks greasy as fuck. He doesn't work out. Like, well, what's the what's the fucking point? You know, like I, you know, he's he's fundamentally sound and everything. He's he's very good at what he does, except for that fucking de- whatever Panama Sunrise bullshit he does. That <laughs> stupid fucking Canadian destroyer bullshit. But uh, you know, do you need a and, fucking and, and him doing the. Liam? No, no, I'm. That's it. I'm on a roll. Hold on, hold on, Hanson Doc Hendricks. We need an update here. Where is he on the chart? Like, give me a chart update. It's right up here. Wow, one angry motherfucker. Wow, I told you I'd get there. He's (laughs) You wake up in the red fucking zone. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Seriously, bud, get some counselors. Oh my god. Get what from you or something? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be a good counselor. That, that would I know you wouldn't. Would <laughs> no. would and, and what's with the false finishes? Every time he gets a false finish in a match, he does the thing where he goes... Like he looks like Amaral bug, fucking bug eyes. Like, fuck off, man. Just fucking do something different. Anyways. I would love to know what's At in the can. At least he's not Gargano. 
At least he's yeah, not Gargano. True. You can hit that motherfucker with a Mack truck sometimes. And I'm like, God damn, I thought Cena was bad, but holy shit, dude. That's why they call him Johnny Same Face. He makes a fucking same face every time. I thought I, I thought you said Johnny Seaman face. I'm sorry, I, I almost <laughs> misheard that. Well, and someone I, just on him, and I guess that would be it. But I don't know. Renegade, is that another great idea that you could use in your next uh, three picture deal, Johnny Seaman face? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I that could be a cut film. This, this will be a whole different thing. It's it's wiping it off. It's not the. You can't I will see. not be starring in that feature film. <laughs> no, no, that'll involve Mike Cook. That'll involve Mike Cook and Oh, oh my God! Oh, oh my God! Well, this has gone off the rails. Have a good night. It went off the rails at the fucking start. I thought he was part of the panel tonight for a second. Fuck! Oh my God! I don't even know what to say. My God! So, okay, let me throw this scenario out to everybody. Okay, so let's just play reversal here. So let's say, for whatever reason, um, because think about this. WWE was going after the Young Bucks. They were going after Kenny Omega. They wanted a package deal. They were going to throw at them a ton of money. They were going to throw at them great dates and an opt-out version on their contract. So WWE wanted the Bucks and Kenny as a package deal. So let's look at it from this perspective. If we continue to argue the point that AEW picks up a bunch of WWE guys that are now free, if an Adam Page was going to hit free agency, would WWE kick the tires i bet they would god yeah probably would wwe kick the tires on an mjf yes Yes. okay yes they're all names well but but see that's my point though let's just say if if aew was doing the same exact thing they're not though but if they were the same could be said in both ways aew decides to to cut somebody or doesn't want to you know fulfill their contract because they want more money Boom, a or WWE picks them up. It's the same thing both ways. The only reason we're looking at it this way is because WWE, for whatever reason, is choosing to let go of a lot of a talent that are really good or talents choosing not to sign with them because the future and the direction of the company is about as clear as, as, as Biden's mind when he wakes up in the morning. So at the end of the day, no one really knows what who's doing what. I mean, we thought that Vince McMahon was running the company, but... That's really, Apparently truly not. not it, it, Mr. Mitt, the other con, it seems like he's running the company more than anybody else. So I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here because I guarantee if the Bucks wanted to leave, WWE be all over him. Adam Page, yeah, all two, over him. Sammy there's two Guevara. Sides to that story. There's, there's two sides to that story because the whole thing is everybody says, oh, well, uh, WWE rated the independent talent and they just, just poached as many people as they could. And that was true. They did. They took from like ROH, they took from Impact, they took from everywhere, New Japan. However, when AEW started up, they made this whole omen about how, you know, we're going to be different and, uh, you know, sports-based wrestling, they didn't do. Uh, you know, the whole fact that they said, we're, we're going to be, it's like I was saying in the last thing, you know, they're going to be different. They're not going to be just grabbing whoever from WWE. Can you count how many WWE, like former WWE employees are there? It's insane. I, I don't get why people ca- keep acting like they're different, but they're not. It's WWE well, 2.0. Here's the thing, though. I don't like the idea, but if they were going to use Big Show and Mark Henry as commentators, I'm cool with that. 
Okay, mm-hmm. Vicky Guerrero, in my opinion, I don't necessarily see a use. I don't understand what the fit really is there. I think that Nyla Rose is good enough on her own. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, I think Christian is coming in to do what's best for business. I really honestly yeah, do. But- I think Matt Hardy's coming in to do what's best for business. Um, now, if they start putting belts on former WWE guys, okay, Not I see top. where somebody could have a, an right. issue with that. But I don't think they're well, ever going to put at belts it. on them. Right, but look at it. Look at it from the perspective of someone who's a lapsed fan and is watching for the first time. They're flipping through the channels, and they just sit on AEW. They're like, okay, I'm going to watch this. I haven't watched wrestling in a while, and they just keep seeing. WWE cast off after WWE cast off. Oh, here, here's Christian. Here's Chris Jericho. Here's Matt Hardy. Here's the big show. Here's Mark Henry and on and on and on. And they're going to think like, well, why am I watching this? Why is this any different? They'll see little hints here and there, you know, different talent, all that. But I mean, I, I understand, I, I get why they would hire some of that former talent. I do. I understand it's name value. It helps put them on the map. I understand that, but don't make, proclamations that you're not going to be like that and then end up doing the same thing, you know, that everybody else does. It, it's, it's kind of, it, it's contradictory. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, that's a fair assessment. Eh? It's a fair assessment. It's, it's, uh, yes. these yeah. are the type of debates that we like to have because at the end of the day, there really is no right answer. It's just no. like when someone says, you know, who has the best steak in town? What restaurant? And then people could say, well, it's this place or it's that place. But what I do think that I do like what AEW is doing is, and I know you might not watch it, but if, if you were to watch darker elevation and I know butts on a big fan of that, there are a lot of people that we have talked to on this channel that have appeared on there. And I think it's exciting to see what they're doing and you never see that with NXT. There was never people that you could honestly say, oh, well, that guy was from here, or that guy was from PWG, or that guy was from, uh, you name the place, Rockstar Pro Wrestling, or PPW, or wherever. What they did was they got their guys, they created them almost in a, in a toy factory, and then they put them through NXT, and then they moved them up, off the conveyor yeah. belt. Another guy, off the conveyor belt. And... It was almost they they created them in their own image, and it wasn't necessarily about what they were. Because remember, when Matt Riddle came in, Riddle was different. Riddle was not this goofy kid. Now he's really he still turned was. Into, to some degree, but he was more of kind of like a a four twenty guy, you know, more like a Rob Van Dam type of guy. But now he's like still he is. wants to be everybody's <laughs> little brother. I don't know if I necessarily dig that as much. Yeah, I got that. I definitely liked him more as Bacoli. From fucking fast times. And, it, and it's not that I don't like Dark or Elevation. Don't get me wrong. It just there's only so much time in a week. True. I only have so many hours that I can dedicate to anything. And I, for some of me, I mean I work six days a week. Right? I you know put around my wood shop just about every evening, as everybody knows. I only have so much time. So I'm only I I'm not gonna live to to watch okay it's dark tonight it's elevation tonight it's whatever so you're only going to watch so much and i'm not going to watch a b show when i can watch an a show the next night or two nights later 
Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, a lot of people have, have argued the point that WWE's women's division is superior to AEW's women's division. Now, I think there's some things that we need to think about when we, when we talk about that because, yeah, you have Charlotte and, yeah, you have Bianca Belair. And, yes, you have Sasha Banks and you have Rhea Ripley, um, somebody who I really feel like is good and has not gotten her just dues. And it's really sad is the queen of spades. Um, I really thought that yep. she would have gotten a bigger push because she's legit. She oh, is shit. a legit fighter. She is a legit. Yep. And everything she does is real. And it bothers me that she hasn't gotten the push yet. And obviously the old man doesn't like her, but there's so many people that at the end of the day, they're so good that they are going to leave at some point. Don't get me wrong. They're going to get fed up with this. She's getting stuck working with Nia Jax. And now Nia Jax is doing this whole Rikishi ass thing which, because she knows that she's a larger girl and she's going with the gimmick of that now. But at the end of the day, that's what Nia Jax is strapped with. I mean, is that really what she wants? Let's go to Anton. So... It bugs me that they booked fucking Rhonda the way they did and then don't book her in a similar fashion because, like, if I have to pick one or the other, I like fucking Shayna way fucking better than no. I like Rhonda. I also, I, I do. I do, I but, why, but but I, I agree do. with oh, yeah. you. Oh, yeah. I don't know wrong. why, but I do. I, that's fine. M- matter of difference of opinion, we can agree to disagree and still be friends because we're adults. I also agree with Butt's comment of I only have so many hours to watch wrestling. You know, it's different when you're 20, 21, or you're late teens and you can just watch wrestling. You know, I work five days a week and I do music shit every day and juggle music projects, videos for y'all, and everything fucking else that I do. So I agree with that. I watch main shows and that's about it. And some of that I don't even watch. I read results like Renegade. I do that a fucking shit ton. But, you know, Ronda shits all over wrestling fans when – you know, yeah, we're fickle sometimes. We are, etc. But we also know what we want. We know what we don't want. You know, the Brian fucking Reigns thing years ago, etc. We know what we want. We know what we don't want. Saying she's heard people boo fucking someone in the same building, etc. When you weren't in that building and so forth. It, it kills me. You know, give her a fucking year-long undefeated streak because of her name. When her counterpart is actually a better worker, better promo, and etc., and just Barry, put her with Nia Jax and don't give a fuck. Really, guys? Fucking really. No, no, I couldn't have said it more. I mean, but see, I agree with that completely. I mean, she is better at the promo aspect of it. She is a better in-ring wrestler. Um, the only reason is because Ronda has a name. But I think if you're a fighting fan, you still know who Shayna Baszler is. But once again, if you don't get that rocket strapped to your ass, if they would have strapped the rocket to Shayna Baszler the way they did Ronda Rousey, we would all be talking about Shayna Baszler. I mean, it all depends on who they get behind because I do not think that Shayna should have been in the WWE main roster for as long as she was, and she hasn't had a title shot, or she hasn't been feuding with Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is feuding with a superhero. Okay. Once again, we can talk about Nikki Cross all we want. And and but it's the fact that Shayna deserves more and she's not getting it. And I feel like at some point in time that's gonna bite WWE in the butt. And Shane's gonna say, made my money, made my merch money. I'm out of here. And I wouldn't blame her for that either. 
Um, but yeah, the women's division is is good, but I feel like they're pissing off Sasha Banks. I think they're potentially going to be pissing off Bianca Belair because a lot of people realize there's a lot of other places to work and there's a lot of other places to make money at, not just WWE. Um, I want to throw this out here to you guys. I don't know how many of you guys are big college football fans, but there was a argument that was brought up that Michigan football used to have this big persona about it, you know, Michigan or Notre Dame, the fighting Irish. But you know what? They're living off of 20, 30 years of, of legacy. They're not what they once were. I feel like when people see WWE, that's what they see. They see the Attitude Era. They see all these moments, and they are buying into a concept that is not existing in 2021. But once again, everybody sees it as, oh, that's what I watched when I was a kid. That was my dream as a kid. Yeah, my dream was to go to Disneyland too, but when I found out that big castle was a gift shop, boy, did that soil my underwear the point is it's Whoa. perception is not always reality when it comes to these things. Okay. So Renegade. underwear. Nice. Renegade. What's your take <laughs> on that? Well, yeah, I think they are uh, living in the past a little bit when it comes to that stuff, but it's just, I don't know, you know, watching myself for the past, however many years, it, it was like every week just getting further and further frustrated to the point where I was like, I'm done. I'm not watching this anymore. It's garbage. It's not like it used to be. Um, you know, heck, if I even had a dream of being a, a pro wrestler myself, I would have given that up. Because if that was the, at the time would have been the only place to go, and I was like, screw this. I'll be a garbage man or something. It's better than that. If you're going to get treated like that. So, yeah, it's awful. Um, let me throw it to Bud here for, for a minute here. I, I know it, it seems like we, we sometimes WWE bash and I feel like sometimes I definitely lead the, uh, the charge in that one. I'm the, the leader of the band, but there's a lot of things that I feel like are very true. Um, who do you personally like in WWE when it comes to the women? I know you do like Charlotte, but once again, as we talked about before, been there, done that. She's a 99,000 time champion. Once we've seen that, it, it's getting a little repetitive. There's no one that's going to give her a good competition or a good match. Um, who do you think they should be positioning her with right now if they want to still make the Raw Women's Championship interesting to watch on Mondays? I'd like to see her and Natty Neidhart. Natty's fantastic wrestler. Best female wrestler in WWE, in my opinion. Now, what makes you a big Natty Nyhart fan? She's she's just technically she's fantastic. She can do everything. She's been stuck with some terrible gimmicks, yet she's still fairly popular. No, she can still perform in the ring fantastic. She's just been poorly booked. If she had a fucking farting gimmick, Christ almighty. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Was she uh, teamed up with Dana Brooke as well? Yes, I think she was at one point. Okay, she can do better than that. I mean, Natty and and Basler could be a fantastic match. Could be a very technical match. You know, you guys are high on Shayna Basler, (laughs) and you're high on Ronda Rousey, correct? She was going to make way more money for WWE. I don't give a flying fuck either way. But if I got to pick one or the other, yeah, it was Ronda Rousey. She's going to make more money. 
Nice. That's that's a period. Facts. Nothing more to it. Well, that is everything I've got. My chamber has been unloaded. The gun is unloaded. There's oh. nothing left in the barrel. <laughs> that's uh, another homage to uh, to Renegade. Uh, Get yes, it? Sir. I don't have any more in the chamber. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. God damn it, Freely. God damn it, Mike Freely. That's enough of that. That's enough. Wow. I, oh, hey, whoa, there you go. I was about to say, didn't Valvinus have that as his finisher? Man. Yep. Yes, um, let's go around the horn here. Does anybody else have I've any? I've used it as my finisher before, too. <laughs> wow. Wow. Where's Moondog? I, I know the rhetorical question. I know where he's at, but. <laughs> where is Moondog yeah, for exactly. these awesome setup lines? Because he actually has great one-liners. Um, anything else that, that is happening? in wrestling that anybody um, wants moment. to bring up. I was going to say, uh, I heard that the uh, NXT TakeOver match with uh, Dragunov against Walter was just, like, fucking insane. Just like yes. the last match. And I'm, I'm dying to watch it. I didn't watch it before, the sh- before we did this, and I'm kind of pissed that I didn't because I heard it was just fucking excellent. Um, I even know the result, but... And I'm usually one of those people that if, like, I know the result, I usually say, uh, well, I'm not going to bother... This one I'll bother with because holy shit! Like the last one I saw, it was there was no fans there, and everybody just kept going on about this NXT UK match. And I said, okay, I'll watch. I was just fucking blown away. It was great. So that one I'm going to be paying attention to this week, and I suggest everybody else does too because if they like the old school stuff, probably uh, in for a treat. I'm sure. It was a great I w- match. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, you won't be disappointed. That yeah, I wouldn't. Fantastic. Yeah, I didn't think I I would. I don't know much about either one of them, but that was the. But you know what? What makes a great match is when you don't know anything about anybody and you don't even care because it's just two guys going at it and they look like they're beating the tar out of each other and it's just so entertaining that you don't know what's going to happen because Walter, for years now, is this, you know, just dominant presence and he looks angry and and he, you know, um. He's incredible. Yeah, he's a great. Why WWE hasn't brought him over uh, across the pond? I will never know. Oh, I know why. Because he, he said he doesn't he want to work in America. But oh, he works well. in NXT, which is Florida and America. But so. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to move there, though. That's his whole thing. So he said. He said before, I do not want to move out of Europe, and so I'll I'll, I'll I'll stay with NXT UK, but I. We'll only do shots in the states, but that's all he wants to do. So uh, hopefully, he changes his mind at yeah. some point. Because can you imagine him on the main roster? Holy oh my god, fuck. he would Incredible. destroy oh, Roman Reigns. I would just fucking that's kill for that. Liam, but yeah, that's how Liam sold me on the All Japan and New Japan stuff. He gave me a tiny, like, bit of backstory, like just yeah. the utmost bit, and went, watch this. And it was literally two dudes just beating the shit out of each other. Worth me giving commentary as I watched a 20-minute match going, holy shit, this spot, holy shit, that spot, that looked real, that looked real. Holy fuck, dude. That's literally how Liam sold me on All Japan and New Japan from, like, the 90s and 2000s. Point blank. Also, fuck comment. Natty is so fucking underrated, it's stupid, which part of it, I'm sure on your end, is she's half Canadian. You know, she's from where you're from, etc., but you're not wrong, and, like, that's not me being a smartass. She does not get the fucking due she deserves in any way, shape, or motherfucking form. She should not necessarily be on top like Charlotte, 
but she should be doing more and shouldn't be given dumb shit like farting gimmicks considering a the legacy and b the fucking work ethic dude and the longevity that more than anything to me is specifically in women she has had more longevity than fucking any woman at this point and they just shit on her and it's heartbreaking it is heartbreaking to me so i'm gonna give butt that one give him two points I wonder at the end of the day if it's a situation of she realizes what her position is within the company. She realizes if it were going to happen, it would have already. I'm here. Yeah. I've got security. I'm going to make that money until I walk away, and then I'll work with the with the younger girls going forward. I, I don't know, but I mean, she yes. also deserved better. They did it to her dad. They did it to her dad, too. Think about it. Which he had personal Aww, demons and issues. Yeah. Uh, like no, well they brought him no. back in the late 90s and didn't put him on tv and just put him under a like help train contract like after he had left wcw after the screw job and came back they re-signed him but they didn't want to put him on tv anymore i'm saying it is two totally different circumstances right no i agree he had issues he had demons etc but he could have still helped people more than they were letting him that's more my point but it's just it's are they holding that against her are they holding the Brett shit against her? That's that's more my questions because they do do that at times. Regardless they do. Of not, we want to admit it. We, they are notorious for, oh, you did the old man wrong? Well, fuck it. You know, we'll hire you. We'll let you be here. But it's, we're not going to actually do anything. It's because it's because she's kind of vanilla. That's why. Like, I And it's nothing against her. Okay. Trust me. Yeah. Like, she's, no, she's, like she's great. She is, she's, a, she's what you call a good hand, right? Because Utility um, there's... The, yeah, well, not even that, but it's there's some people that are just so good that that pigeonholes them, like you know, like Dolph Ziggler, good example. You know, Alex he's Hester. so good at yeah. what he does that he's used as the guy that will get a good match out of anybody. But so is Christian, he going to be huh? top guy? Probably not. You know, um, so it, it's it, and then it's right, but it's hard. To, it's hard to pick. People like that. I mean, Shawn Michaels, okay, he made it to the top. But can you say that Dolph Ziggler is too far off of Shawn Michaels? Eh, you no, know, I'll, I'll agree. I'll agree. But, if a different time, different era, yeah, Dolph would have been Shawn. Right, but, 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 my point, but my point is with Natty, she's she's uh, a great worker. She, she's got it in her blood, right? I mean, you know, look at her lineage. It's, it's great. You can't get better than that. But... Uh, it might be the point now that she's just complacent and, uh, you know, she had her run with the SmackDown women's title. Uh, I think that was kind of a reward is to say, hey, you know, you've done good this long. Here you go. So at least she's had that. But I, I can't see her doing much more, you know, after this. She would be great at the Performance Center, really uh, be a great trainer. But, you know, I'm not and it's not to take anything away from her, like I said, but, you know. At this point, what are you going to do with her? You know? No, I agree. I just love y'all's input and insight, you know, because we're all on a very similar level. Y'all have much more, you know, knowledge, wisdom, etc. however you want to put it than me, you know, because of the age difference. But I love this. I love that we can well, actually have well, these conversations. Well, he basically calls us old. No. Yep. No, because I don't believe anyone's old. Y'all, if I didn't know your age, I would think you were roughly my age, if we're being <laughs> honest. Like, sort of the fucking yeah. gray in your beard. Dude, if I didn't color my hair and shit, I got all kinds of gray. And so no, it's my it's my like, growing forehead I, that would give it away for me. <laughs> God damn it, freely. yes. But you know, yeah, I, I love this. I look forward to this every week more than I can express. To be honest, 
I love these conversations. I love the fucking, you know, insight, the jabs at each other on a friendly level, etc. This is my shit. Love it. So, thank y'all. Me too. Is there anything else before we go to the close? Uh, we're going to first start off with, with Renegade here. Renegade, so uh, anything you want to plug, you want to push, you want to talk about? Um, are you officially on social media? Well, I know coming in the, up in the future here, Butt's got a few things to plug. Oh! But, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Very nice. And you're coming. <laughs> yes, uh, the, the coming attractions. Um, no, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. But, yeah. but stay, but stay tuned for the Fluffernutter Productions uh, future film starring Bill the Butt. But but no social media yet. You still not? Oh no, no. no, no. That'll never happen. I never say never, but not very likely. <laughs> not very likely. I love it. Uh, let's throw it to the aforementioned uh, actor extraordinaire. Looking good, man. I tell you what, right. gonna make a gonna make a buck now doing something new, aren't you? That's right. Gonna put that woodwork to work. All right, <laughs> you know it. Let's uh, let's hear it from you. What's your thoughts? Anything on your mind? What would you like to plug? All that stuff. The floor is yours. Uh, nothing really to plug. Uh, if you if you want to chat, uh, I've got Noof two two nine one. Send me a message or follow. Talk about just about anything. Um, that's about it. Um, don't be a fuck scumbag. <laughs> if you are, go fuck your hat. Get out of here. We don't need that shit. Have a good night. Absolutely. You can go officially go fuck your hat. Uh, let's go ahead and throw it on over here to uh, resident anarchist. What's going on, buddy? What's your thoughts? What's going on? Projects, new life. What's happening? I'm working on several shit with my buddy that I've con been continuing to mix and master an EP for and doing nice. the co-executive producing for. So having fun with that. Got some other shit to mix and master for a friend of mine. But I really want to actually plug our crew. I want to plug Moondog and the Shellshot Network and how proud I am of him. And Mikey yes. Stark's happy belated 21st birthday. Props to Logan. I also want to give a shout out to fucking Nathan, headliner. And uh, it's... I forget what his name is on Twitter, but I talk to him all the time. His parents passed away recently, both oh, of them within a month oh, of each other. And you told him, yeah, and you told him, you know, condolences, etc. Jerry reached out to him, etc. I love that guy. I check in on him regularly, actually. He was an independent wrestling referee in Minnesota at one point. He does video production, etc. I love that guy. I also love all y'all. I don't want to plug me today. I want to plug this. I want to plug this community because I truly look forward to this every week. It helps me reset and unwind before I go back to work tomorrow night. And I just want to let y'all know that it's appreciated. So our community, y'all know how to find me at this point. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Look at that. What a diplomatic person. Now we go to the very undiplomatic. We're going to throw it over to handsome Doc Hendricks. Well... You can talk uh, I, about whatever you want. Plug whatever you want. Yeah, I, I, am I supposed to now? Because I'm going to look like an asshole if I plug myself? Like, no. I'll I mean, plug myself that way, guys. Fucking degenerates. Anyways, uh, I don't know. You know what? I'll, I'll go differently because the only new followers I got on Twitter are like fucking porn bot accounts. So <laughs> fuck it. So it's true. You should see. Um, so I'll... <laughs> I'll just say on my, yeah, 
on my YouTube channel, um, I'm going to, like, I'm just finishing up doing the music videos I had on VHS tape from, like, 30 years ago. So I finished uploading those, basically, and uh, I'm going to be moving to some wrestling stuff soon. So keep an eye out. I have some uh, rare stuff. And, uh, you know, just so everybody can partake. I'm not getting any money out of it. It's just something I do. Just something to, you know, kind of show off uh, stuff that people haven't seen before, so... And definitely Syphilis go ahead and follow it. Rare, Liam. What? Syphilis isn't that rare. Oh, Jesus. Oh, You'd God. know, wouldn't you? God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. I he had puts, a shot, cleared it right up. He puts penicillin <laughs> on his pancakes, kids. Um, penicillin? Let's, let's, let me go ahead and ask you, what is the uh, YouTube channel so people can go there and like it and follow? Uh, and It just... I don't know if I don't know if you're allowed to have like an actual name app, like unless it's like a thousand subscribers, but uh, put in Liam Savage, it should show up. Or I think it's ECW fan one two three because I started like God when YouTube started, so I don't know one of those two that should work. What about Liam Savage nineteen seventy eight? No, 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 but Liam Savage nineteen ninety nine. Oh my god. God damn it. Nineteen ninety nine. Oh nineteen ninety nine. Jim McMahon's still in the fucking hotel room. Okay. <laughs> Done. God. Enough. Enough. It instantly pops up though if you search Liam Savage. It's the first channel. Oh, perfect. Thank Look you, sir. That. I appreciate that. You're Thank you. You're he's, sti okay. he's still in the hotel room. God darn it, I love it. Yeah. Cylinder is in. Oh, man. For the Renegade, for the butt, for Liam Savage, and for the resident anarchist, Anton, and for my good co-host, The Rit, who has now left us. Uh, not left us. He's left dead? us. No. Oh, my he's, God. Uh, he's left, hope not. The, left the channel for the night. He's uh, going nighty-night. I'd also like to thank everybody who took time to come into the room. Thank you so much. Uh, Mikey Starks, Travis Boham. <laughs> I would like to thank all of our residents who've come on here. We do appreciate your support. And if you know anybody who likes wrestling and who would like to be uh, a part of the group and listen to conversations that we have, tell them to go ahead and hit that follow button on our Twitch channel, please. All you got to do is copy it and put it out in a tweet and we will retweet it just to make sure people can continue to find us and continue to enjoy it. We got great guests coming up next week. We got the big build up to the PPW show. Uh, the Rit was talking about the people who we are booking already for that. It's going to be huge. So just stay tuned and follow us on social media. All right. For everybody here and from me, we will catch you next week on Front Row Material.